birthday to me happy birthday dan so my my family all calls me shay because my dad's name is also danny ellis he's danny lynn i'm danny shay so to keep things straight when i was a kid everybody just calls me shay so all of my immediate family members <laughs> all my you know grandparents aunts uncles cousins all call me shay now you all know my middle name um, now you can stalk him on the internet even easier. <laughs> and, and that was a voicemail from your mom and your son. Uh, well, I, I believe that was my that my mom, my stepdad, and I think the the crazy singing in the background was my son Greg. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that had to have been my son. Yeah, he's he's fun. He's very funny. I love that kid. It'd be weird if he didn't. <laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't be. It probably wouldn't be very good. But yeah, it's my birthday. I'm now 41 years old. Mm. Officially into the 40s. Like I was right, right. 40 before. Now I'm like into you know, going the back. 40s. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Dan made a downward motion with his hand. Also, yeah. I did, didn't I? Yep. Into the 40s, yeah. and it's all downhill. It's, yeah, there, it's it's a, it's a dive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Dan not, also received a, get, a gift from uh, from Beth. I did Contreras a Viking, a knitted Viking uh, <laughs> stocking yeah, cap kind cro- of thing, crocheted. I think hel- sort of a crocheted helmet style to go with the the beard and, and it's the whole fucking look. Badass, it is man. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It fits quite well. It's super cool. Thank you very much, Beth. That's awesome. I love it. She also has more stuff at facebook.com forward slash stitches <laughs> stitches by Beth. Stitches by Beth. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know cool that, I didn't know she had a, a Facebook page out there or anything. Stitches I would have named it Bitches Get Stitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have given you the right impression. Stitches for snitches. It's, it's, <laughs> I thought it would be semi funny at the moment. Well, Maybe I guess it, I guess it no. could work. She she does work at the jail. There you go. So yeah. I bet they say it all the time there. I'm sure they do. I feel like I'm going deaf in my right ear. The left sounds very loud, but Maybe I, I had one side that was sounding off in my headset too, so I just kind of like moved the wires around. And I usually just wear one can, but yeah, I think it sounds all right. Yeah, I think I I, pro- I probably just have. Yeah, I'm sure my right ear is just a little not working well. Or yeah, something. you turned <laughs> well. well you turned 41 today. You're going downhill. <laughs> That's right. Shit's things, falling off. Things are starting not to work the way they used to. Breaking down. So, what's new with you guys? Ah, got a new camera lens. Oh, yeah, for your... Yeah, that's what I was going out and shooting stuff with today. Yeah? What kind of lens? uh, It's a 150 to 600 millimeter telescopic lens for my camera. So you can go and spy on people and stuff? Yeah. Do do the telephoto and be Mr. Paparazzi? Yeah, I was was thinking of doing more spying on the Pope. Why would anybody want to spy on the Pope? 
I mean, that's well. He probably has some really kinky sex parties going on in there. I just want to get it on, <laughs> like get the proof of it. So, speaking of the Pope, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the over this last week, he he basically said that you you can't criticize religion, you can't criticize religious ideas, blah blah blah, and that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, fuck that guy. Right in his. No idea nor person is above criticism. Right in the snot locker. Well, and then, and then this, the oh, vicar fuck, of Christ. No, fuck him right in his ass like they do to our kids. <laughs> he might like it. <laughs> the vicar of Christ, who said to turn the other cheek, says that, you know, if, if his personal assistant, Mr. Gaspari, were to ever say anything against his mother, he should oh, expect yeah. not just, not just, you know, it's not just that the Pope would want to punch him, but wouldn't. But he should expect that the Pope will fucking punch him. Yeah. You should just know, if you say something bad about my mom, me, the Vicar of Christ, representative of God's church here on Earth, is going to fucking punch you in you're, your you're, snot locker. So basically right there is advocating violence. Just like when uh, the Muslims are like, don't pick Mohammed or else yeah, I'm going to kill your ass. He's providing cover for people to commit acts of violence for being fucking offended by cartoons and words. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I would say quote offended because if you're that fucking sensitive. Yeah, well, you know. and if, if you <laughs> – so on Facebook, I posted something like, you know, uh, if, if, you're, if you are offended by you – know, or if, if your religion is so delicate that it's offended by – that you're offended by words or cartoons, you got to take a second look at your religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I saw somebody else post something perfect and it was, if your religion can't take a joke, it is one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, and the whole thing is where's your all-powerful god that 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 should be defending himself? Right? Why why does he need these people? God sent me to defend him. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Right. And if it was so important, why didn't he make a commandment up for it? Well, some you're absolutely right, but I mean some would then say, well that's the whole do not take the Lord's name in vain. And so we were talking pre-podcast yeah. about that video that I watched with Andrew Seidel yeah. of uh, Freedom From Religion yeah. Foundation. From Wisconsin. And yes, <laughs> yes, based in Wisconsin. Uh, he, he said that, you know, really the admonition to not take the Lord's name in vain isn't saying that you can't say God damn it or anything like that. It's that if you swear to God that you are mm-hmm. going to do something or not going to do something, basically, if you if you make an oath based on God's name, don't break that oath. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So and, saying God damn it, Jesus Christ, all of that, none, none of that fucking matters. It's that's that's not what the commandment is about. But and, and Mormon apostles have said that the the taking the Lord's name in vain is holding the LDS priesthood and conferring a priesthood blessing on someone while not worthy. And that's taking the Lord's name in vain. So it's it's even further confused. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's, it's all fucking silly anyway. But that was David A. Bednar. Yeah. Well, and the the, the video is basically uh, uh, Mr. Seidel talking about um, that America is not a Christian nation and going through the Ten Commandments and showing how they are basically, you know, you you can see that the that the United States is not a Christian nation based on the fact that our laws directly contradict most of the Decalogue, most of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll be sure to post a link for that when we when we get this posted up. I've been sucking at doing that lately. Yeah, you, I, I don't think even, you've done one yet. <laughs> I have done I have done some I haven't done the past two weeks. I've okay. been 
Fucking work has been crazy. We've got an internal audit going on. That I, I know you're busy at work when with the Godless Revolution page, where either there's a lot getting posted, or I might post something once a day. <laughs> that, that that sounded like a breaking the space time continuum type, type type of paradox to me. An IRS internal audit of the IRS. Yeah, yeah. It's Man. well. Be, there's the uh, there's an internal group called Tigta. And it's the who audits them, who watches the Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the NSA, Ryan. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's Treasury Inspector General. I don't even remember what it stands for, but they're they basically are the taxpayer. They're they're kind they're kind of part of the taxpayer advocate wing that makes sure that. Everything within the IRS is above board, and they investigate, you know, internal malfeasance and all that kind of stuff. That sounds super ominous that the IRS has a taxpayer advocate wing. Well, yeah, and that that was born. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I know it's good. It just it sounds like (laughs) the reason why that was created was there was no advocacy for taxpayers. I'm just saying. Well, no, and and it is. I mean, it is a good thing that they exist because because prior to their existence, there was. I mean, there were a lot of things that, that because they were put into existence have changed and have made the service a lot better for a lot of the taxpayers, mm-hmm. you know, here in the United States, period. Because they do they do recognize where, you know, customer service or, or things that are needed to help taxpayers, you know, should be in place and aren't in place or could be mm-hmm. improved and blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. they're – I think they're great. I, I love that the work that they do and, and try to make things easier for everybody. But – now the budget has been cut back so far that you know we thanks Obama (laughs) that I I thought you wanted a smaller government (laughs) well yeah I mean I've been reading articles lately that say that you know only 43% of any call made to the IRS during this tax filing season may ever expect to even be answered by anybody oh wow because we just don't have the fucking people to to man the phones and answer the calls and Hmm. You know, Congress is basically starving the beast and thinks that, you know, it pisses me off because the IRS is always pointed to as the bad agency. You know, it's right. that, that evil government agency who takes money out of your pocket. And it's easy to do that because we are the agency that does that. But anything that we do is mandated by Congress. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Congress tells us what to do. Sure. They make the laws. Yeah, and then they turn around and point the finger at the IRS and say, the IRS is fucking up here, here, and here, and they're not doing this, and they're not getting this done. And then they keep cutting our fucking, fucking budget so that we can't get that kind of shit done. And then it, you know, it just becomes this circular self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, they're bad, they can't get, get, get anything done, and then we're going to cut their budget so that it ensures that they can't. Yeah. You know, all of the people that I work with work really fucking hard and they care about their jobs and they care about the American taxpaying public to make sure that they're treated fairly and the tax code is applied evenly and we just can't fucking do it with the resources we have. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've cut our budget so much. We've lost, I think it was 13,000 plus employees yeah. in the past five years or so. Well, thanks, John Boehner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already got my taxes filed, so I'm good to go. Did you really? Yeah. The only thing I don't like is I broke even with Utah, but I still got to pay like the fourteen dollars to file it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was like, since I broke even, I don't. You don't owe me nothing. I don't owe you nothing. How about we just? Why don't we just? Just not even. Not, not even have to do this. Not even have to pay yeah. this company to let me not get anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worse than having to pay someone to have to tell me I have to pay again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what it usually is. So, True. yeah i i tr- I started on mine. You know, as as an IRS employee, I can get in deep shit if my taxes aren't filed by April fifteenth. So, I'm usually right on it. You know, mm-hmm. as soon as I have all of my paperwork available, I usually file my taxes. My taxes are generally done, you know, before the end of January. But yeah. we just bought this house, and I went to get the paperwork for the house. That won't be available until Jan. January thirty first at the yeah, earliest. Yeah, I think that's so. the latest they have to have it to you by. Yeah, and that's usually, when they said it would it would yeah. be available. Mine are usually done by the end of January, <laughs> 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 which is fine because the thirteen dollars and forty nine cents that I usually get back is I can wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my federal tax return is my drone. So, oh yeah, oh. you getting one, you getting a fancy new drone? I'm, I'm getting a fancy new drone. Yeah, with my tax return. Nice. I saw an article, I, I just saw the headline, I didn't read the article, where, you know, people are becoming disturbed by the number of drones around. And yeah, the company I see has, so many. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? They're fucking, they bother me everywhere I go. <laughs> I think the only time I've seen one was at the storytelling festival. I mean, I've, I've been to events where I might, I might see one at an event, like filming the event. Yeah. You can't hear it because there's an event going on. So it's not really annoying me. I can just look up, oh, there's a drone. Yeah. Filming an event that I'm at to film the event. He's not spying on my ass. Yeah, but there, there was a. I saw a headline for an article that a company is creating anti-drone drones, basically like drone <laughs> <Jeez>. hunter drones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that are, it. I mean, just the the headline made it sound like these drones are designed to take out other drones that are like go kamikaze on them and just yeah. fly into them. Yeah, which would be completely. Ridiculous. I, mean, I, I doubt they're using. I doubt they've mounted lasers on them to shoot them <laughs> down or anything. But lasers. Yeah. Well, in the news the other day, they had a thing up on there telling people, "Hey, some if drones you see, with some freaking lasers." <laughs> if, if you see drones flying around, report it to your local police so they can go investigate it. Really? It's like, yeah, but they're not doing anything illegal. All you're doing is taking up cops' times, a police force time. But as long as you're not flying within five miles in an airport and you're not flying more than 400 feet in altitude and you have a visual contact with it at all times, you are breaking no laws whatsoever as far as RC aircrafts are considered. Yeah. Hmm. But people don't like them. Because it can stay stationary and look at me for a long time. Yeah, that's the thing. is, people, I'm like, dude, you know that drone that I got flying 200 feet in the air, like filming like woods and mountains? It doesn't have a zoom lens on it. So I can't. I can see you. You're like an ant. <laughs> I can never identify you. Well, you know, people also didn't like the internet, and people also didn't like books, I assume. They preferred the scrolls that they were used to and whatnot. Yeah. So come on. I mean, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll grow. Yeah, I mean, the technology is constantly changing, and sure. people need to change and adapt. Especially with now. But but the boomers have a real tough time with all that. Dude, I was thinking the other day about all of the technological advances that have come along in my 41 years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Which when I was substantial. a kid, oh yeah, I mean, we we've seen in I mean in my lifetime I've seen the Walkman, eight tracks come and go, yep. cassettes yep. come and go, mm-hmm. CDs basically come and mm-hmm. go. Yep, the birth of the digital age, birth of the personal computer, microwaves, yep. uh, internet, 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 yeah, of course, personal I mean, computer, yeah, yeah, all yep. of this shit that VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, yeah. Yeah, well, and now even Blu-ray is starting to go away yeah. just because of streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm mean, well, and then you know, flat-screen televisions, right, right. and fucking projecting projecting televisions, and now we've got self-driving cars. Almost. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are coming around any day now. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, just just within my 41 years, there's been a shit ton of technological advancements. Yep. And I thought it was cool when we moved when we moved into this house. Our microwave isn't just a microwave; it's also a convection oven. So uh-huh. it it serves two purposes. It's double fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so are we still talking about the hells this week? Yeah, we got uh, we got, we got hell two. We'll wrap it up. Hell two. You guys, ever, you guys ever seen that documentary called Hell House? Or I think I don't can't remember if it's actually called Hell House, but it was about the Hell House around Halloween. Yeah, mm-hmm. about those haunted houses the Christian groups would put on to show you where you're oh, going to go if you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, that are where's your proof? They're, they're, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but. where's your proof? Where's your proof that's where that it exists and that that's where I'm going? But mm-hmm. I think they even did like abortion skits during this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. Like yeah. if you have an abortion, boom, you're going to hell. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want them to kill my baby. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty fucking horrific shit. It's it's yeah. akin to Jesus Camp. I think Jesus oh, yeah. Camp is probably worse because it's younger kids that they're indoctrinating to fucking speak in tongues and all of that kind of crazy bullshit. But yeah, all of that is just fucking nuts to me. I don't I don't understand how they think that's okay or a good lesson for anybody to learn. Yeah, or it's, or why they would. It's kind of like the devil. It's a scare tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, in fact, Jesus was the first to employ. So, in that sense, they are following his lead. Mm-hmm. But I have some other articles first. Okay. Let's, let's, let's hit an article. An arty. <clears throat> this is a good one. It better be. <laughs> <laughs> On Monday's episode of CBN's The 700 Club. Oh, uh, not this fuck. Robertson re- yeah. responded to a viewer who wanted to know why Amazing Miracles. People raised from the dead, blind eyes opening, lame people walking, and so forth, happen with great frequency in places like Africa and not here in the U.S., which I thought was a valid question. Well, I don't think they happen in Africa well, either. But, of um, course, of course. Let's but, continue. But why, why, why are, are they, they reported, reported to happen? Yeah, yeah, why are yeah. they reported to so happen? All right. And so his response was this, quote, people overseas didn't go to Ivy League schools. We're so sophisticated. We think oh. we've got everything figured out. I'm so sophisticated. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was surprised he even knew what that word meant, Pat Robertson. But He's not sophisticated enough to know what sophisticated means. <laughs> right. Uh, he goes on to say, we know about evolution. We know about Darwin. We know about all these things that says God isn't real. Wait. We know about all these things that say God isn't real? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know I, I we thought, know about evolution. I'm with you, Pat. We know about yeah. Darwin. Please continue. <laughs> we we know about all these things that says God isn't real. But Pat doesn't believe in any of those. Right. And and evolution doesn't say that God isn't real. No, it doesn't. Uh he goes on to say that we have been inundated with skepticism and secularism. He can he continued. And overseas, they're simple, humble. You tell them God loves them, and they say, okay, he loves me. Okay, God loves me. Yeah. Yay! You say God will do miracles, and they say, okay, we believe him. And that's what God's looking for. I believe you, God! That's Yay! That's why they have miracles. Because they don't have a concept of anything else besides what you tell them, and they believe you? Yeah, so, so what he's saying now is... It, They're it's more a, gullible. It's, it's a direct admission that education reduces belief in superstition. So, well... Not, not by an atheist, but by Pat Robertson himself. Yeah, well, in saying, in saying that, you know, miracles happen where there are ignorant people who don't know how to fucking explain them otherwise. 
Right. Who don't know how to explain any strange or unusual circumstance without appealing to a god. Right. Right. So so basically what he's saying is that this is this is how religions are born and kept alive is by not educating fucking ignorance. not educating people. And it's right. usually done through trickery anyways, like the blind one. I saw one where the guy was on the show, he's like, I'm not actually blind. I'm just I'm yeah, I'm like legally blind, but I can still see. Like if you hold your hand up, I can see you're holding five fingers up. And that's exactly what the preacher trying to say. How many fingers am I holding up? Oh. Five? He can say he's like, I could always see that. <laughs> my my ex-wife was legally blind. Like super really bad eyesight. Uh she she had to know where, you know, she, she had she would wear contacts most of the time. But she didn't wear contacts at night, and so she had to know exactly where her glasses were placed on the nightstand because if she woke up in the morning and her glasses weren't there, she couldn't find them. Crawling around on all fours like fucking Velma from Scooby Doo. <laughs> where are my glasses? <laughs> I can't find my glasses. <laughs> Doesn't mean that she couldn't see anything, right? Just that the eyesight is so bad that you usually can't see very well. Well, yeah, that it was a really fucking terrible idea for her to try to drive without contacts yeah. or glasses. Yeah, not that I she mean, couldn't see anything. It's a bad idea for me to drive at night without my glasses. Yeah, but I'm not legally blind. I just can't fucking see shit at night. See, and God hmm. blessed me because I'm colorblind, but my vision is very acute. Oh. I can see things very, very well and very clearly and very crisply and sharply from vast distances, comparatively like speaking with other people, but I just don't know what color they are. That's <laughs> God making it up to me. So if a man stands in a field wearing a color you can't see, is he invisible? No, because because I'm colorblind, I've also learned to compensate by looking for other things. I don't look for colors. I look for motion. Oh, I've always fuck. been very, very good. When me and my uncles and my, and my granddad would go out on the deer's hunts, I was always the first to spot the deer because I was looking for the motion, not the colors. <laughs> I could always find them real quick. I don't know what's funnier, the voice or the way you're staring at me. I know, dude. And the fact that he has both of his hands tucked in between his legs. It's very fascinating and fun and exciting. You kind of look like Zach Galifianakis in that movie, The uh, the Campaign. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. That's exactly how his character, like his eyes and everything, the way he looks at you and kind of the way he talks in that movie. I haven't seen that. I heard it's fairly oh. funny. I'll, I'll watch anything Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah, funny he's guy. Good. Yeah, do you watch the Between Two Ferns thing oh, that he does? Oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. are funny. I like those a lot. I showed someone like a few weeks ago, and like, I've never seen this before. I'm like, you've never seen Between Two Ferns? <laughs> that one with Obama cracks me up. Yeah, the one with Obama was really good. Did you see the one with Brad Pitt? Where they're sharing the gum. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt spits his gum at him when he starts talking about Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> well, and then early on when he was doing the Between Two Ferns thing, and he had uh, fucking Bradley Cooper on there. Yeah, it was always a running oh. joke with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> like, I... I still I don't know if Bradley Cooper didn't know exactly what Between Two Ferns was because he played it off so well that he's just like Zach, why are you being such a dick, man? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because well, there's a lot of other episodes where he where he refers to him in a negative way, mm-hmm. and he's I think it's just a running joke for the show almost. It's <laughs> funny. Or when he what he uh, when he bent Bieber over and spanked him. <laughs> oh yeah, that one was hilarious. Brandon thought that was so funny. I hate Justin Bieber, but I, I watched that. <laughs> the one where he had Natalie Portman on there. and He was, wanted to have sex with her. Oh, her my dog. God, was just being so inappropriate. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, really super uncomfortable. It was Those are funny, man. I, I giggle my ass off at those. Yeah, those are good. 
So I have another article here. Okay. Uh, Dr. Danny Faulkner. Who that is? Mm-hmm. He has a master's in physics from Clemson University and a PhD in astronomy from Indiana University, Bloomington. Physics and astronomy? Sounds like a smart guy. He says, our sun is just a tiny yellow star in a vast collection that could support life. You'll hear this more and more. Don't believe it. <laughs> what, what, what part? That, the support life or that's a star? The minimum requirement of a life-supporting star is missing from all other stars. Um, Our God-given sun appears uh, to be unique. N- no. <clears throat> so he's not as smart as he sounds. Yeah, that's why I didn't Goldilocks say Goldilocks zone? Appearing bright from our perspective on Earth, the sun obviously has a special status for us. But its brightness is impressive only because it lies so close compared to the stars. Given everything we know about the brightness of other stars, it's fashionable today to call the sun a star, even an average star. But is this really the case? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's even <clears throat> smaller stars than ours, and there's ones that What are does your God stars? astronomy say? Yeah. What the Bible says. While the sun has many characteristics similar to the stars, the Bible never refers to it as a star. <laughs> and we know that's a good reference. Yeah, yeah. the Bible taught us everything we need to know about astronomy. Yeah, so you, yeah, so you start with the Bible. <laughs> and, then, and, and then make... That's, that's, that's one of the dumbest things I've heard in a while. Yeah. The Bible doesn't call it a star. Yeah, so you start with the Bible and then try to fit your Indiana University PhD <laughs> in astronomy you, into that. Did you see the... What a fucking waste. Did you see the video of the of the two people on QVC? Oh, Yes, uh, the moon. Is it is it a planet? Is it a, a planet, planet or a star? What is it? <laughs> N- neither. None. <laughs> but I mean, it, de- definitely more of a planet than a star. But it is kind of weird, right? Like our moon is not named anything, and the Earth isn't really named anything, and the sun isn't either. Yeah, it's the sun. Well, yeah, and God isn't either. It's God. Yeah. And the reason for that is because for the longest time, that's all we, we knew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we knew we just, our planet, our moon, yeah. and our sun. That was, we had no need to name them. Sure. We didn't know there were others. Although Europa is a pretty badass name for a moon. Right. Well, so is Titan. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, we weren't, we weren't aware of any other satellite bodies. We should start a petition, name the moon. What would we name it? Yeah. Cheese Factory. <laughs> Cheese factory. It's that's copyrighted. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> moon was there first. <laughs> I love that. Uh Patton Oswalt tweeted when when he found out that Ted Cruz was going to be in charge of the, the government oversight committee that would be in charge of NASA mm. and everybody was all up in arms about it. Patton Oswalt tweeted something along the lines of you know, everybody's so upset right now that I'm in charge of NASA. Just wait. They won't be laughing once I bring back all that delicious cheese from yeah. the moon. <laughs> <laughs> How about we call it Earth 2? Earth 2? The yeah. moon? Yeah. Why would we call it Earth 2? Because once you send people up there to live on it, it's going to be Earth 2. What about Mars? Well, it's already got the name Mars. Ah, uh, true. True. It's true. It's true. No, it is. What? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be correct. <laughs> Earth 2. No. Why don't we call be... it Terra Luna? Terra Luna? Terra yeah, that'd Luna. be like Earth and Moon combined. It almost sounds like a stripper name, though. It's very. <laughs> now coming to the stage, Terra Luna. Terra Luna. Oh, because you're, uh, you're thinking of Terra. Okay. Well. 
I was it's a of the, full was, moon was, tonight, <laughs> gentlemen. Oh, nice. I was thinking of terra in the Latin sense, not of like in the, terraform. Not a, yeah, not in a, like yeah, ground. exactly. Right or terracotta, not yeah. a, not in the Wisconsin sense of terra. <laughs> It'd be Tara Reed's stripper name, right? Okay. <laughs> Tara Luna. Yeah, I guess Terra Moon does have a Terra Moon. Yeah, Terra Luna. I don't know. I'll have, call we'll it, have to do some thinking. Call on it this. Mooney. Yeah, yeah, that's way better than Terra Luna. You're right. Weren't the Moonies a cult? <laughs> yes, they still oh, they are. Were? Oh, never mind. I was thinking, like, because that was oh, they, the name the of... The Moonies are still around? Yeah. Oh, it's Moody. Moody was uh, David Duchovny's character on Californication. Moody? Yeah. Moody? Doug, what's like, I thought his name was Moody. I don't know. That's Tracy all, watches that. That's yeah. also one of the leading doctors who studied near-death experiences. The guy who did the, uh, Moody, the, that weighed the beds? Ha! No, that was, the, that was a soul experiment. Yeah, that was different. And... Kind of another little segue into more recent news. The kid who recanted his story. Malarkey. (laughs) (laughs) Young Mr. Malarkey tells a fib. Go figure. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wrote a book. Wait, are you telling me the next thing we're going to find out is Mr. Balderdash was lying as well? (laughs) 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 Yes, they've both not been telling the truth. Yeah, he he had to recant and say, and I I kind of feel bad for the kid a little bit, just like teeny tiny little bit, but because he's still using his religion as the reason why he recanted because God would not be happy that he lied about it. Mm. So he withdrew his story, contacted the publisher, said, no, I lied. I didn't really die and go to heaven. It's funny that you believed that anything like that ever fucking happened anyway. Yeah, but you gotta stop publishing my book because it's lies, lies Cause straight from the pit of hell. How old is this kid? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I don't know how old he is. I can't remember exactly how old he is. He looks like he's twelve, thirteen, maybe. Well, wasn't there a thing where they're to to, to debunk outer body experiences? They were actually in like. ERs and stuff, putting stuff on top of shelves. Yeah. And being like, yeah. hey, yep. if you really had an outer and, yeah. body experience, what did that sign say on top of the shelf? You would have seen it if you were floating above yourself. Yep. Right. Like, oh, I didn't, oh. I didn't look there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and no one's ever been able to identify the object in the room that mm-hmm. was in there when they had their outer body experience. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, it's still inconclusive because... Because, well, I mean, I could probably have an outer body experience and describe you exactly what's going on in that room as I'm laying there and doctors are working on me and, and being frantic and trying to save my life and I'm laying there lifeless and the meter thing has got like a little line on it, no bloop bloops. Yeah, but they say they, they, say they weren't looking. No bloop they bloops. Were, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they just say they, they, they <laughs> fucking weird, man. But they just, they just say they weren't, they weren't looking in that area, you know what I mean? And so... But there's you, also the study that says uh, where they, they're doing the correlation between people that have been going in for that had like a massive heart attack and they're doing blood draws on them during the whole process and everyone that expl- said yes i had the feeling of like an outer body experience i saw the white light because I, ha- I had an act- out of you know uh i was floating above myself on the bed yeah. all had extremely high levels of co in their brain carbon monoxide Side. yep mm. or co c whatever it was really high in their fucking brain they're like well the people that didn't have the high levels in their brain had none of these experiences yeah like there, there's must be a correlation between the two you having visions like that when your brain's fucking dying yeah mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm yeah i'm just saying i'm not sure it's totally conclusive because 
You know, it's just like. Well, I think it's pretty conclusive. There's no such thing as an outer body experience. Well, I, I definitely don't believe that there is either. I just, I'm just saying, it's kind of one of those things where you can't say for sure that there isn't. But I don't believe that there is. I mean, if they do have definitive proof, and okay, they, you know, they, they don't. That's that's right. But if there's none, there's never been any proof that anybody's had an outer body experience to actually be able to, you know, that be truthful about it. Yeah. Well, that just means I don't believe it. That doesn't mean it's impossible. Uh, sure. I would put that on pretty <laughs> high on the out impossible body, You're an out-of-body experience agnostic. Um, and also an atheist as well, if you're yeah. going to use that analogy. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd put it very high on the uh, I impossible don't believe it. level. Yeah. I don't believe it, but I, don't, I can't know. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. But again, that's, it's... I, no, I, 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 believe me. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know why you're disgusted by that response. <laughs> just, but I can't. No, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even willing to go far enough to say. Well, it's possible because we don't know either way. So anything's possible. Like I'm not saying that. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Extremely. If we're, if we're talking about certainties. I'm not willing to say that I'm absolutely certain it's impossible. Although I'm as close as you could get. Yeah. Whatever. I now believe, you're being weird tonight. I believe people can have hallucinations. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. 100% well, sure, a hallucination. Course. I've had a few. But they're not leaving the body. Because I was tired. Right. Tired. Actually, I think you can clinically have that happen to you. Yeah, yeah you can. So, through yeah. a sleep deprivation, you can hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you play video games for three days on end in Japan, you can die. Well, yeah, that was a circulation thing, though. Yeah, right? Probably. I think the yeah. guy was probably sitting in the chair for too long and... But it was yeah. like the second or third time they've had it happen, like recently, where a guy was on like a gaming binge in a gaming cafe and fucking died. Yeah, they should have hours like limits. Like, dude, <laughs> you haven't got off your ass for the past seventy-two hours. Last guy died when you're this long, so you better fucking get up. Don't you need to poop or something? Yeah, what's up with that? Well, they usually like invent really cool toilets over there, so it's probably not improbable that they have toilets built into their gaming chairs. I I have seen a reclining toilet in a movie. No, oh, not just it. in a movie. That was in uh, uh, what was that? The one with Dax Shepard. Yeah, well, the, and we talked about Terry it like Cruz we talked about it the last and, two weeks. Yeah, uh, uh, idiocracy. Uh, idiocracy. Yes, yeah, but no, like go away. I'm baiting. Exactly. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> <laughs> but like an actual ad for. A a reclining a chair, lazy fuck chair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, well, I guess some if people you like to fuck on the toilet, I've never understood the appeal of that. Like when drunk people are in a bar and they'll sneak off into the bathroom. Yeah, and they're have just sex really like dirty. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would assume that has less to do with the environment, more to do with just with just the fucking. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I've been yeah. drunk and at bars, and I don't even want to poop in the bathroom. Although <laughs> you never know. I mean, let alone. <laughs> yeah, let alone fucking it. Put my little guy. In. <laughs> Not that it's little. I don't. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just. <laughs> well, he is Irish, so. <laughs> and German. I'm mostly German. Yeah, so there's a pretty good chance. <laughs> pretty good chance that he's small and he likes doing it on toilets if he's German. Whoa. <laughs> oh. I know, I know there's some weird German fetishes out there, but. Isn't that where the whole uh, scat the stuff started? Oh, I don't know. That's. I don't know. Nothing I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really not sure either. I, I don't, I don't. It's just we, what I've heard. We can continue with this. <laughs> yeah, article. what do we got going with this article here? Uh, we went off on like four different tangents there. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's right. So he 
is unconvinced by the characteristics of our sun because the Bible never refers to it as a star. This suggests that the sun may have some unique characteristics. Could that refer to its composition? The sun's composition is a bit unusual. It has far less lithium than most stars do. Okay. Not the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, yeah. true. Right. Um, lithium isn't very common in stars anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> yeah. But the sun is among the most lithium-poor stars. Okay. Still got all the right hydrogen and whatever yep. else. Yep. Though this statistic is interesting, it isn't clear whether it is, it's significant. So he just, he just negates his opening paragraphs right with one sentence. doesn't even matter if it's... A, uh, um, he goes on to say, The sun has another property that is very important and unusual. It's stability. Astronomers have spent some time looking for stars similar to the sun because such stars might be conducive for sustaining life on any planets that or- orbit them. Astronomers have found a few solar, solar twins that have the same temperature, size, mass, and brightness as the sun, but nearly all of them are variable. That is, they vary in brightness. With, hmm. Their solar storms are Different. wild and crazy. I, yeah, I don't, I, he doesn't specify, so I'm not exactly sure what he means by. Very. But even if uh, hmm. even if a, a star is larger or smaller than ours, and it's a stable star that's not the same size as ours, it still has its zone. That's an inhabitable zone, the Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. The, the, yep. So yeah, size doesn't and, matter. And the sweet spot and the radius of that zone depends on the size, the size and, of the and star, the, the output of the star. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yep. Um. So he's saying that. They all vary, vary in brightness or what, whatever. But uh, with all the concern about global warming today, it ought to be obvious that a constant sun is essential for life. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know why he throws global warming in there. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, consistency, sure. sure. He, he's probably one sure. of those same people that posted on Facebook, if our rotation changes more than one foot, we're going to burn up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not taking into account the we we wobble the, the wobble and and the that the that our distance from the sun varies by what one hundred forty six thousand oh, yeah. miles or something like yeah. that one hundred forty six thousand yeah yeah out of what ninety three million as yeah. an average but yeah. then he goes on to say this which is actually pretty significant to this article he says the sun may vary slightly in brightness but it's beyond our ability to measure. Um, we have things that watch it constantly. <laughs> we are constantly. We can taking, measure everything except the sun, which well, we are watching every day. <laughs> I'll, I'll read it again, though, because it's self-refuting. The sun may vary slightly in brightness, right? Which so, earlier he said, if it varies in brightness, well, it doesn't. Uh, let me just set, separate this into two segments. The sun may vary slightly in brightness. Let's assume that's a sentence. So that means, okay. It varies in brightness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then, then he says, but it's beyond our ability to measure. How the fuck do you, do you know, know it varies then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Excellent can't question. We can't measure it, but we're just going to say right here and now it varies. <laughs> yeah. It may vary slightly in brightness, but it's got beyond no proof. our ability to measure. Okay. So the first part of your question is, com- or the statement is completely null. Yeah, for one thing, we can actually measure stars in other fucking solar systems. Is he saying that its brightness varies so slightly that we can't measure it? I mean, even then, that would be fucking wrong. Well, yeah, but I mean, we do measure it, but but even as- assuming we couldn't, then what gives him what gives him the right to state that it does vary? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just weird. 
Because does like we know like we're watching it. We know when it's like giving this off sound, like solar or whatever the fucking. Uh, this sounds like it was written for a Christian audience who would just oh, absolutely. go. Uh huh. Yep. 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 Well, th- this this was linked uh, as an art as a must read article by Kirk Cameron. Oh. Uh, and it and this and this is a doctor from Answers in Genesis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he, but I started with his credentials. He's legitimate, but he's yeah. But he probably got them not, online out of the cracker. Jack he's box not peer he reviewed. I mean, anyway, um, so this guy abuses his credentials. Yep. And I've used the, a similar analogy recently that he's abusing his credentials like Doctor Oz abuses his. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And okay. and Doctor Phil abuses his. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Phil. You you need a doctor check out from the neck up. "Quote unquote," Doctor Laura Schlesinger. Oh yeah, she. Well, yeah. yeah, but yeah. So when you got a guy who has these credentials and he's spewing this stuff out, and they're like, "Yeah, I totally agree with it." He's got all his credentials. Of course, he's right. Did you say sputin? Yeah, sputin, sputin, <laughs> rasputin. He'd be rasputin this stuff out. <laughs> he's rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> when you have an archdiocese or a well-known preacher that comes archdiocist? out, archdiocese, di- diocese, <laughs> sputin, and archdiocese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing great with my wordage tonight. <laughs> wordage. <laughs> I had to fuck that word up just to make all the other ones feel correct. <laughs> Uh, but when they come out and they come out with these allegations of, of rape and you know of, of things going wrong in the church, and they're all like, "Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I'm coming forward with it. You know, I worked around people. I know he did. He did. He did." If you're like, "Well, you're no longer in the church, so we don't really know how much we can trust you. Uh, we no, you're not really credible. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to believe that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an outside. It's story. like, no, I left the church because of this stuff going on, yeah. and now I want to bring it up that this is going on in the church. Like, well, you have an axe to grind." Yeah, right. Yeah. No, we don't believe you. Um, yeah. I, I I who knows? There's all kinds of assumptions we could make, you know. It's it's just much easier to write reports, know you don't have to do research, make things that sound good and get paid by creationists to write stuff to a bunch of fucking morons who are just going to eat it up where you don't have to do any fact checking, you don't have to have peer review, all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so his degrees may be legitimate, but his process is not. Yeah. Because we do know that we are monitoring the sun all the time. We're monitoring other planets. We have found planets that have shown the ability to inhabit life or be have the ability to have life on them that have water and atmospheres and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's been found. Well, I mean, just the fact that we three laymen can come up with problems and fallacies and contradictions at almost every line of, of what should be a PhD astronomy uh, uh, topic. It poses problems for yeah for somebody who's who's supposedly an expert in that field yeah um so global warming blah, blah, blah. uh the sun may vary in slightly in spite of beyond our ability to measure so we can be confident that any normal variation is so small as to have few adverse effects on life yeah we can't measure it right if we can't measure it how do you know then we can be confident that they're so small that they don't Adversity and we know that solar life. storms and solar flares can affect all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. Not life, though. We know that's what wiped out Mars's atmosphere. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I thought what they said was it was solar storms that basically ripped away at Mars's atmosphere over time and basically... Solar wind, I think, which is the steady the steady radiation. Rec- when, well, so we when, the solar winds the, hitting us that are ozone protected, but it's the big, huge well, it's, blast. It's the electromagnetic field from a, yeah. from a cooling plant, the center of a cooling planet that provides the protection, as far as I understand, from solar wind. Mars doesn't have that. 
Well, I thought they I thought there was they're saying that it used there's possibly it used, used to, to but it was it, it's been stripped away and it's no longer there anymore well, so it has no protection now. Yeah, once the core cools and it's no longer churning, there's no more electromagnetic field generated and then the solar wind is free to wreak its havoc. I guess I was always under the assumption that if a large enough solar yep. flare hits, it can basically it can bend take and a s- chunk out, you know, if you get hit enough with solar big giant solar storms it basically will wipe out your Yeah, well it can bend and, and stress and break the electromagnetic yeah. field that the earth has and penetrate still through that but it would take yeah it would take a direct hit from yeah. the solar flare. it would flare. take a few when it wouldn't just be normal solar no wind. no no right and once that happens we would cool very quickly so right. we would no longer have the gases kept inside here to keep us warm right well and, i mean yeah we'd be done for, for time sure. to throw um, in a blanket <laughs> start a fire <laughs> gotta create more atmosphere <laughs> yeah well we're good at that we're good at heating up the world yeah, maybe we've created enough greenhouse gases that if one does hit a, a new layer will just form like hey <laughs> just a, our greenhouse gas are just a band-aid waiting to be applied <laughs> god has answered our prayers yep <laughs> and you know it would be them too uh, it'd be all those fucking guys that have their modified diesel trucks that are out there blowing coal and shit or whatever they do rolling coal rolling coal yeah and they'd be like yep Save, Me and God, we saved save the, the world. world. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Saving the world one diesel tank at a time. Yeah. And I can just see him giving this interview in front of a field of a bunch of diesel trucks just running up, spewing the sky. Like, yeah, we got our earth-saving factory going on here. Right. right. Yeah, Spew, but, spewing our life-saving atmosphere Yeah, but at, but at that time, those would be the liberals. <laughs> they'd be they'd be the ones saving the earth and the and the ecosystem. The ex- conservative Christians would be like, "Hey, whoa, what are you doing? God doesn't want you. He, yeah, you're trying to go against God now." Yeah, I don't even know what rednecks would know. look like in that world. Uh, so, in contrast to this, other stars, which are otherwise similar to the sun, typically vary in brightness by a few percent, which, according to him, was uh, beyond our ability to measure. Sure, but apparently yeah. they they vary in brightness by a few percent. Yeah, because we, we can measure one. A few light years away, but we can't measure the one in our backyard. Yeah. With some varying far more. This would be disastrous for life on a planet orbiting such a star just from the standpoint of large temperature variations. Just 1% variation in the sun would result in an average temperature shift of 2 degrees Fahrenheit on Earth. This might not sound like much, but it's a change in the average temperature. Local and season change, local and seasonal changes likely would be far higher and more disruptive to life. To say something like that, he would he would obviously have to be talking about a sustained change of 1%, right? It wouldn't be that it could change by 1% for half a second and fuck everything up. Yeah, yeah we right. have to. I mean, that's that's talking about if we were to change it by 1% forever. Right. For a few thousand years. Or even annually. But what I think is really interesting about this is he says just 1% variation in the sun would result in an average temperature shift of 2 degrees Fahrenheit. On Earth, this may not sound like much, but it's the but this change in the average temperature, local and seasonal changes would likely would be far higher and more disruptive to life. That's exactly what the number warming. they're talking about for global warming. I was going to say he's probably a climate change denier Dyer. too. Yeah, he he already <laughs> threw that in earlier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's ex- that's the exact number. This is they, how they talk about two degrees. This yeah. is how he's refuting climate change because, like, well, the sun ain't changing, so how can our climate change? Well, he's re- he's re- quote refuting climate change by applying it, <laughs> saying, "Well, this is what it requires," and since the sun ain't changed, yeah, except except he's using he's using the the, the climate change issues to uh, 
to say that the sun is not a star. 14 of the, what was it during, so during the State of the Union uh, address last night, President Obama was talking about climate change, and he said that 14 of the hottest years on record ever have all occurred in the last 15 fucking years. Yep. This year broke the record again, saying this year was the hottest record, hottest year on record since we've been taking records. Yes, ever, ever. And 14 of the last... 14 of the last 15 years have been the hottest ever on record. And I've had to shovel my driveway exactly zero times this year. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't either. Yep. Fuck, I I walked or I went to work yesterday and didn't wear a jacket. It's it's the middle of fucking January in Utah. There's open water. And I didn't need a jacket. Yep. There's no snow on the ground here in the valleys. Nope. Nope. It's fucking wild, There's no snow on the bench. Yeah, it's only snow on the top. Not even on the benches, yeah. There's only snow at the top of the mountains where you can find snow almost all year round in certain areas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But there's more than that. Oh, this fuckery is going on more with this guy? That's actually what he said. Oh, he said fuckery? He, no, he said there's more than that. <laughs> oh. No, he doesn't say fuckery or, <laughs> or diocese or outer body experience or any of that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> the variation appears to be related to magnetic activity, which can harm life. Magnets. How the fuck do they work? And how does yeah? And how does magnetic activity harm life? You know what magnet sounds an awful lot like magic. <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> On Earth, we are familiar with the sun's magnetic field because it's intimately involved with sunspots, or in the case of other stars, star spots. <sighs> yeah, which is, is that in the article? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it says. But which is interesting because sunspots are, by definition, varying degrees of temperature on the surface of the sun. Like this last year. So if you're acknowledging sunspots or star spots, then you're acknowledging a temperature difference. Or else how the fuck do you see it on the photosphere? Or it's like the the fucks who this past year were all freaking out going, ah, the sun is shifting its poles. We're all going to die. It's like, no, it does it all all the time. It's it's a normal process the sun goes through. The sun has a... The earth changes its poles every now and then. Yeah. Right. And the sun has a differential rotation anyway, so... It's it, the magnet. Every time a magnetic fi- uh, uh, one of the fields of magnetism snaps, right? All that all that plasma follows that stream, and that creates a flare because it snaps it out into. This guy's a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> every eleven years, the number of spots and magnetic magnetic activity increase. So he's talking about um, he's talking about the. It always increases before a pole shift. Yeah. Um, it does go through eleven year cycles. Yeah, so it gets that, that, that they they build up, they build up the pole shift, boom, everything's back. It's a process. So during sunspot maximum, the sun frequently produces energetic flares that bathe the Earth in an extra dose of particle radiation that can wreak havoc on Earth and damage cells and living organisms. That's partially true, right? It doesn't always. Every time that happens during solar maximum, it doesn't it doesn't always affect no. Earth? No, I mean they can. I'm, I, I remember they're saying like in early those. 1900s when we got hit by a huge blast. They could see it in the soil, like you can actually go and like, oh yeah, here you can see in the trees in the soil, we can register how much, you know, soil or sun activity was going on and all that kind of crap. And then he and then he hits on the nail on the head with this one. We can only imagine how destructive the radiation on the planets orbiting others would be on others on planets or, or Jesus Christ, you're talking where, like me. Where where we can only imagine <laughs> how destructive the radiation would be on planets orbiting other stars, uh, which is totally, I mean, yes, we can be, only imagine. So uh, thank you. I for, would think it'd be awfully similar to the ones around here. We don't have to only fucking imagine. We can view that yeah. shit. Well, for some, in some cases, yeah. 
But there, but there's also predictive power with physics, you know, but based on the observations we have made, you can make a very educated prediction but, upon but and the maths, yeah, and the maths, yeah. And but he's saying none of that's possible because the sun isn't even a star. <laughs> it's the sun because the Bible says he needs to take a trip to NASA and see what these guys are building for these. And he doesn't care about satellites NASA. and stuff they're putting out and what they measure and how they do it and how they're able to see it and stuff that NASA gets back from to actually read. Go, hey, this is the atmosphere here. Yeah, he, how he, does this fucking guy get get two degrees? Yeah. And not how, how does that fucking happen? Well, I, I don't I've know. always said just because you got a degree don't mean shit. Well, it doesn't. I mean, it just might, means you attended class and did your homework, right? Yeah, yeah. But it might also be that he's really lazy. Like I said, maybe he doesn't want to do all that research. He just wants to feed, you know, feed creationists and make a paycheck. You know, they're going to pay him to spit shit like this out. What does he care? Yeah, you know, who knows? But uh, it's almost over. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> By God's gracious design, the Earth has a protective magnetic field that prevents the sun's flares from disrupting life. Yeah, we found those uh, yep. other places. I yeah. Think. Also, that's science. So, yeah. what are you talking about, guy? Um, the particles racing from the sun interact with the magnetic field, which deflects most of the particles. Yet we are peri- periodically reminded about such imminent danger when the flares overload the ability of Earth's magnetic field to protect us, which has never happened in human history. Not that would be detrimental to our health. I well, mean, that, that, was, that would be. If I mean, when it's happened before, like we didn't have like everybody's worried about like electronics and stuff crashing and all that kind of crazy crap. It's like, well, um, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, well, direct direct radiation from solar wind would be detrimental to life on Earth. Yeah, but I think we'd we'd have a huge tear in our atmosphere. Anuses have that happen or yeah, anuses. anuses. <laughs> I should have said that. Astronauts. On I the was space just waiting station. to say anuses. <laughs> Um, You're waiting for the planet Uranus to come up, weren't you? No, Uranus. (laughs) Well said. Great point, Dan. You're welcome. And it's your birthday. It's my birthday. (laughs) That was uh, I I posted the thing on the God's Revolution with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on his uh, Star Talk Radio, his podcast where he's talking about talking with God. And that was one of the things on that one where he's talking to God and he's asking, well, what what are some things that you don't like that we've done? Uh Oh, he's like, well. When you discovered that one planet, I was really hoping you're going to name it after me. You know, I've done all this great work. You named planet after all these other Greek gods and all that kind of stuff. And I came around and you, you find this planet. And what do you call it? You call it Uranus. <laughs> I was really hoping you're going to call that one God. His interview with God. Yeah. That's freaking. That's, a, that's it's so hilarious. Funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, secular scientists might respond that since we haven't observed the behavior of stars for very long, we can't prove just how unusual the sun is with respect to its long-term stable behavior. Is there any other kind of scientist, any any other kind of honest scientist really than a secular scientist? Yeah, well, what, what, I mean, do you do you say I'm a Muslim scientist? I'm a, you know, we don't Right. I'm trying to remember who I was listening to. Oh, I think it was I think it was Andrew Seidel again on the on the FFR yeah. thing. And he was talking about we don't practice Muslim math. We practice right. algebra. We yeah. don't you know, we don't yep. there there are so many disciplines that have that have come about through people who may have practiced a particular religion, but we don't call it that religion's science. Yeah. yeah it's it's a, fucking science. Yeah, it's a classic it's a classic poisoning the well fallacy. Right, right off the bat, he's trying to say they're going to be biased, and I'm not. Right, we're right away. He's saying, "Well, secular don't scientists, listen to what they say. They might respond by contradicting what I'm saying with this." Right, it's poisoning the well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, don't listen to secular scientists. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. I'm going to tell you ahead of time that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So don't bother. And he said, but it's safe to conclude that all solar type stars very, uh, very part of the time and are stable only part of the time. We live in a time of stability, but secular astronomers have no reason to believe this has always been the case. This stability throughout life's history on Earth is easy to explain if the sun and Earth are young, as we creationists know. But it wouldn't work if the sun or any star system (laughs) is... But it wouldn't work if if the sun or any star system is billions of years old. Life requires a stable sun at all times, and that's just what God gave us. Ah! Because there wasn't always life on this fucking planet. Ah, and the life on this planet hasn't existed in its present fucking form for billions of no. years. This planet was stable way longer than there was life on plant on this planet. Yeah, the the life on this planet has been a fucking twinkle a in the eye of the fucking planet's history. Well, not not only that, but you know, if you take you, you go back five hundred million years, what was life then? Ammonites, trilobites, right? Cambrian era. It was totally different. Totally different type of life because we had at that time even a totally different fucking type of atmosphere. Well, that's yeah, and they all lived in the yeah. sea. Yeah. And we as humans have fucked this planet up more than any other astronomical thing could do in our one billionth way of a faster, second yeah. in the cosmic calendar. Way faster. I'm curious to know what this guy's grades were throughout his college career. Steady, well, steady D's. <laughs> I passed with a C minus average. <laughs> I'll bet he got a, a I got George, my George degree. Bush average. <laughs> Barely. And none of my papers ever got peer-reviewed. They threw them all in the trash. But I kept them, and now I fucking send them out here to you guys to read. To be fair. You're my peers. You review them. There there are people who are smart and are also creationists. Yeah, there are very few and far between, though. But the, the, the thing is, is you can believe that, but when it comes to you sitting in a lab... And looking at information, you got to throw all that fucking out the window. Yep. And even then, they even then they still have this this huge wall of separation between their religious beliefs and, yeah, yeah. And, and their and their scientific beliefs. I mean, they can't they can't hold both of them at the same time. There's a huge there's a huge disconnect there. Well, and it, integrity is not something that's easily measurable. So you know, no. I don't how much. Like I said, I mean, how much is the 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 dollar factor? You know they're willing to pay him X amount to publish this kind of shit, and with his credentials, um, I mean, you know, it, may, maybe it just comes down to not wanting to do the research and not giving a shit that it's inaccurate. And I know every scientist is going to be biased toward a certain side, but it's being able to take what you're biased towards, do the research, and go, well, guess, well, I guess I'm wrong. I guess my side that I thought which I want to be right is incorrect, and this is the correct answer. This is what the research is showing. You know, I wish this was right. I wish my side was correct, but it's not. Well, and I and I I kind of disagree with Matt's argument about the the integrity and the the dollar amount thing. You know, I mean that's that's basically that's the shill argument, right? Where anytime that you would argue against something, it's oh well because that's where you're getting paid Your money. or whatever. But I mean, he could if if he were practicing good science obviously get a job doing something else. He doesn't have to just get paid through this, this Christian group or whatever. He could probably make better money if he were a better fucking scientist. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I was proposing that as absolutely. I just was saying that may also be a factor. It may. That's I, all. I don't, I, I don't would say, know. I would say that if that is a factor, it's probably that he's so fucking wrong and ignorant on different things that it's, that it's an economic stream of last resort. That he's getting paid from them, but it's because he can't get paid anywhere else because he's 
fuck he's a fucking lunatic. Fair enough. And and that would be just as much speculation as, yeah. as mine. I, True. I, I I'm not saying that's for sure what it is. I'm just it boggles my mind as well. And I d I don't know what other options there are. I mean maybe yeah. he just really does I don't I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine you could get a PhD in astronomy. Uh, well, and, and, it, and, and a master's in physics, and these are both accredited universities. Yeah, and then and then still hold such ridiculous beliefs. Well, and it, it sounds like I mean. he started with a conclusion and then tried to get an yep. education oh, to exa- back up yep. well, his preconceived notions. Well, yeah, there you go. I, w- I want to see his original diploma, not not a copy, <laughs> not one a new one from the. I want to see the original. Did he go to the University of Kenya? It was yeah. actually not yeah. really. He easy. probably did. He probably went to the University of Kenya. <laughs> it was. I think this guy went to the University of Kenya. I'm a diploma denier. University of nice. Kenya by way by way of Hawaii. Oh, he ain't a true it was, graduate. It was, it was actually kind of difficult to find anything on this guy, actually. But it's not not a big surprise that there was a link from Kirk Cameron. Yeah, for the, for this guy. Yeah, he, he has a lot of reputable links. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, there there was something I was reading about him the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I remember going through it. Someone posted it on Facebook, and I was like, Are you "From Kirk Cameron?" Yeah, and something uh, credible? Did you? No, say? no, no. That was it. Wasn't credible. It was just more of looking. I'm like, Are you, "What's this guy spews so much fucking <laughs> bullshit and more hatred?" I think sometimes, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't necessarily hate you, Kirk Cameron. I just wish you would pull your head out of your ass. Oh yeah, the Kirk Cameron is. He's he's just he's one of the worst people. He's terrible. I mean, he. I was glad his movie bombed. <laughs> I mean, as nice as that is for me to say, I'm glad his movie bombed. <laughs> the shot in Freud was so thick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, when he when he took when he took to the internet to tell people, go and rate my movie really high. Yeah. So that other people want to see it, it'll get a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes and, and it was IMDb. like the worst rated movie <laughs> ever. Huge fucking mistake, Kirk. You should never take to the internets with smart people to tell dumb people yeah. to do something you want them to do. There are horrible 70s B-flicks about dinosaurs and naked women on beaches that got better ratings. Oh, yeah. I would rate them higher for sure. Sometimes I, I go on Netflix just to just I'm like, let's see the worst rated movie on Netflix and watch it. <laughs> I usually can't make it through, but usually a lot of them have a concept of dinosaurs or naked tribes type women. And one of them I was watching had both. <laughs> or like this military plane crash on an island inhabited by half naked women and they're fighting off a dinosaur. Amazonian warriors pretty, who are battling pretty, dinosaurs. And they were they really like taking baths together and you rubbing know, each other. I watched so I'd I'd heard, I'd seen a lot of posts on Facebook, uh people talking about Snowpiercer. And that I liked it. Should, I didn't like it. You I did? thought it was pretty fucking terrible. I mean, the acting was bad. Wait, the cinematography was Snow bad. Piercer. The effects were bad. The story was trite. Well, and, it was a played it, out. It, it was, was an indie film. It wasn't like done by a major. Yeah, this is like guys in a garage making this fucking thing. Yeah, I, I still, it just. I mean, it was it was it was a trope that's been repeated over and over and the over again. Socioeconomical and differences in people and shit. Yeah, it was it wasn't anything new or interesting, and everybody's like, "Oh, it really gave me something to think about." And well, have you watched? Have you never seen any other fucking movie that's ever been made? Are you a fan of the Marvel movies? Yes, then, I'm a geek. Then, <laughs> there you go. I know you don't like superhero movies, but I do. I'm not a child. 
And no, I, don't, I don't. I don't go into the superhero movies thinking, oh, I'm going to learn but something or whatever. No, but it's... no, but if you're going to cr- look, and I haven't seen Snowpiercer, it just sounds like someone with a boner doing a snow angel face down to me. But no, it's 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 but, a post apocalyptic world, and everybody's trapped on a, on a fucking train. But I mean, it's so if, cold but, outside, you can't live. But if you're going yeah. if you're going to criticize trope and re- repeated uh, uh, plot points and this kind of and you and you like Marvel, oh, but I think I'm you'd not... take yourself out of the conversation. Well, at but that no, point. no, 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 no. Because the the difference here is, is the people at the front of the train are the wealthy and well-to-do people. The people at the back of the train are like the really poor, low-class people. Humanity. And the people who are the really low-class people at the back of the train want to get to the front of the train so they can control it and everybody can be have mm. like an equal life and they don't want to live that you yeah. know, shit life anymore. Yeah, well, so it's trying well, to defeat the upper class. Well, and the difference, too, is that, like I said, the acting was bad. The story was bad. I mean, you can have you can have a superhero movie with great fucking acting, great fucking effects – Great storyline doesn't mean that any of it is true or that we haven't seen a similar story before, but it's still entertaining and interesting, and okay. you appreciate the acting and the effects and all of that good stuff. I didn't find anything really appealing with Snowpiercer. Gotcha. Well, have you seen okay. Boyhood yet? Boyhood? Huh? Most people haven't even heard of this fucking movie. I think I may have heard of it, but it's I fucking I thought it was fucking phenomenal. Boyhood. Tell me, tell me a bit about Boyhood it. is a movie that they took twelve years to make. It's about Catholic oh, priests. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they no, literally this, filmed oh. for like one week, or like for like kid, a couple weeks yeah. a year with the same oh, right. cast. Yeah, uh, Ethan Hawke plays the dad in it. I'm trying to think of the woman that plays the mother. She's very famous. Uh, the girl and it's the director's daughter. Then no, I have seen the previous uh, one and I thought it sounded really interesting. Yeah. I wanted to watch it, but I haven't seen it. It yet. is unlike any other movie I've ever seen. Cause there really is no plot. Basically, it's a movie about growing up, and it yeah. goes through all the things of like you know going from being twelve years old to being, or not twelve years about probably about six years old when it starts up to being it through his teenage years. Yeah, going through having to move, going through a mom that's divorced and. You know, her getting remarried and all the problems. It goes, it's a story about basic life. There's no thrilling, you know, CGI going on, no crazy car chases. It's a story just about growing up and it follows him. And it's crazy how seamlessly it goes from year to year with this kid growing up the whole time. And by the time you're done watching it, you've literally just watched 12 years of this kid's life growing up. That's awesome. Yeah, I I do remember seeing the previews for that and thinking that I wanted to see it, but I haven't seen it yet. It's good. Yeah. It's about three hours long, but it's by the time it's over with, you won't even realize you sat there for three hours watching it. And you're like, wow, that was... Yeah. I want to see someone make Homer's Odyssey starring Kirk Cameron and Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> be... Is Kevin Sorbo going to be Homer? The Odyssey was no, a good book, Homer, uh, man. You can't, what's his name? You, can't, Fucking... you can't ruin it that way. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be sacrilegious. God will, have, me. God will have done everything. Fucking... Terrible. Shall we talk about hell? Sure. So I'm I'm texting with my son while we're doing this and, and asking him if he would like to come on the show sometime. And I said, hey, I would love to have you on the show sometime to talk mm-hmm. about physics. He was pretty bored when he watched us talking last time. Yeah. Well, I think we were talking about stuff he wasn't totally jazzed about. But sure. he's totally into physics and he mm-hmm. loves that kind of shit. But he replied and he said... It kind of depends on what we on what we would talk about. I'm not able to give trustworthy explanations or information on a lot of physics. I'm just an undergrad. Most of the stuff I do is just classical mechanics. Although, I'm usually careful enough to not say inaccurate inaccuracies. Also, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, better than us. So, I mean, we speak out of our asses a lot of time. It's, a, yeah. it's whatever's on the top of our heads. Especially so. me. I talk out of my ass all the time. 
Yeah, he he would be fine. No, yeah, I well, I'm going to just basically reply to him and say, I want you to talk about something that you do know about and that you think yeah. is really fucking cool. Yeah, just have him come up with the topic and we'll yeah. and we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to see if he'll come on the show next week. That would be very good. I love that Sounds kid. Good. He's awesome. Yeah. And everyone's involved in our uh what's usually off mic conversations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, they can be expecting, hopefully, a uh, very entertaining and intelligent guest next week. A young week. Mr. Gray Marchese, who's <clears throat> a total badass. Yep, I agree. He's really good at rearranging letters. <laughs> he is good at that as well, yes. <laughs> Among other things, yeah. I'd almost forgotten about super that. Super yeah. inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> All right, let's finish up hell. Okay. Because it's so ridiculous. Okay. Uh, so last time we talked about the three reasons for punishment, deterrence, separation, or rehabilitation. We covered deterrence. That that one actually was a little bit more in-depth because there could be many options for uh, deterring potential transgress- transgressors, that kind of thing. So we delved into that a little bit. And this time we'll just wrap the whole thing up by covering separation and rehabilitation in one, um, which, as you'll see, will be fairly easy to do. Okay. Uh, so let's start with separation. Um, and I just want to start by saying that of course, some people do need to be removed from, from society, right? We're all, we're all aware of, uh, offenders even on earth, right? That, that, yeah, I'm not against, against the death penalty. Right. Yeah. We're removing them from society. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big, <laughs> gone <laughs> dead space. I know. I, know. I, I was just going to let that sit as long as it would, because that was, that was so not what we were even going. We weren't even going there at all. I was well, he said, remove them from society. That's the ultimate way to remove someone from society. I guess I'm kind of, I guess right. I'm kind of torn enough, on the death enough. penalty. I mean, so am I. Are, are, to say that you agree with the death penalty would mean that you, that you would have to say that there are some people who are beyond any type of rehabilitation. There's yes. just no way at all that they will ever be fixed. Ever, 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 ever. ever. And it's like, and especially as an atheist, right? certain you mass murderers who have... literally say it after they're caught, like, I can't control it. Like, even Jeffrey Dahmer well, but, was, well, but was is said, that like, to I... say, but is that to say that they could never control it? That they could never be taught to control it? Well, that wait, they wait, could wait. never be taught compassion and that that is wrong and that they shouldn't do it and that, then they would stop? That's a whole I mean, separate that's what issue. You would have, that's, yeah, that's what you'd have to determine. Though, no, but right? that's, that's even a whole separate issue. Let's, let's say you're absolutely right, Ryan. There's no way they're ever going to be changed. There's, they're, they're, as soon as you let them out, they're going to kill the first person they see, right? Whatever, right? But you could still prevent that without killing them. True. You could keep them in prison forever. Yeah. And still avoid all those those consequences you're talking about without taking that life. The so only time, that's what makes it tricky to me. The yeah. only time I see the death penalty being legitimate is during a horrific uh, murder, something that was like plotted like this person like intentionally. Yeah, they should all be fucking slaughtered in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Only the ones that are rapey, though. All right, let's let's move on to hell. We'll, <laughs> okay, we, sh- we should we, we should cover death penalty another time. All right. Um, so removing people from society, I th- I think for almost everybody's a given, right? At some point, even even on Earth, right? If we're assuming that there is some afterlife or what whatever, right? Even on Earth, we're able to notice that. Put them in a timeout. Right. You're doing some bad stuff right now, okay? We're going to put you in a timeout. Right. Charles Manson, Dahmer, we don't want those guys around ever, right? No. Had we been able to arrest and detain Hitler? Sure. Oh, he was arrested and detained. He was in jail for a few years. Yeah. Well, but I... Then he got out and he went all fucking psycho fucking Nazi shit. Got all fucky. 
<laughs> all his fucking his third Reich dreams and all that shit. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so so could separation be the reason for God to create a hell? Um, we're all kind of familiar, hopefully, with the fact that no sinful souls can, uh, can enter the kingdom of heaven, or so it's said, right? Those who, quote, reject the Christ figure are also considered sinners and must go to hell. Well, then why did he create suppose, sin in the first place? Well, and I suppose when we're looking at uh, separation as being a reason for hell, we would have to assume then that heaven also exists and that if hell wasn't a place, that these people would go to heaven, right? So in order to say that hell is a justification for separation, we would have to assume that heaven exists mm-hmm. and yeah. then that we want to keep these people out yep. of heaven so they have to go somewhere else. Right, right. Okay. Which he um, created knowing what they were going to do in the first place. But, <laughs> but, Ryan. Okay, there's a but there. God doesn't want <laughs> to send anyone to hell. His holiness forces him to send sinners to hell. His whole, because, what, his whole, isn't God the, what's, what's above God? Nothing. God is, God is the ultimate arbiter. So how can no, God he is, I'm have, just saying, I'm just saying this is, this is a, one of the arguments you'll get. God, he doesn't want to send the you, all powerful Ryan, God you've chosen this. You've chosen not to believe. You've chosen to send yourself. The there. all-powerful God has no other option available. God. We Whoa. force his hand. We force God to make this decision. Mm-hmm. We force him. Yep. God is so weak that he cannot withstand us doing something because we force his hand. Whether he wanted to or not, yep. it's completely beyond his control. This is this is where I think makes one, one of one of one of one of the more succinct and brilliant responses I've ever seen on the atheist atheist experience was about this very thing from Jeff D. You guys know Jeff D. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So this lady called in and was talking about how atheists are going to hell or whatever, you know. And and he was saying, you know, and I think it was Matt actually was Matt Dillhoney was saying that you know, well, you know, your God is the one that does blah blah blah. And she's like, stop saying your God. It's all of our gods, you know, and she and she was going and, you know, of course, they're like and Jeff's just sitting there and she's like and she's like, you guys are the ones that are choosing to send yourself there. And Jeff goes, OK, nope, yeah. I don't want to go. I choose not to go. Now the ball's in your God's court. Yeah. So what now? Now he has to choose like I do because not I choose to not to go. So now what does he do? And I was like, fucking brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, you just say, nope, no thanks. I don't want to go there, so I choose not to. Now what I'd, happens? I'd like to opt out of the hell. Yep. So I'd, now what happens? I'd like to take hell off the table as an option. Sure, yeah. I choose no. And now I'd like to have God stop playing hide-and-seek, show himself, so that way <laughs> I know if it's fucking true. Right. Uh, so, okay. So, yeah. So this is directly counter to his, quote, omnipotence. Right? If he's all-powerful, there's got to be other options. Right. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. can't be forced to anything, right? Certainly not by a mere mortal. Well, really, if he were if he were omnipotent, there's no way he could be forced to do anything. Well, that, he couldn't even force yeah. himself because I mean, that's, a self, that's a self-refuting circular argument. All right, so let's assume that God is for realsies, and he's forced to send a for soul. Rizzles. Yay, God! I'm so happy. <laughs> and he's forced to send a soul to hell. Boo, God! That's not good. Right? Are there no other options? Is, is hell the only option? E, uh, even if we assume that he's forced to do it, is hell the only option at that point? That you would have to be tortured and suffer for all eternity? Couldn't yeah. he just make you immortal on Earth? Couldn't he just send you to the Superman crystal prison that's floating out in space? Or send sure. you to one of those mormy ones. 
Okay. So that, that was my second. So you guys covered my second reason, which was God could simply put the soul in a location light years or an infinite distance away from the good kids without the pointless torture. Yep, yep. Right? So that's one option. Yeah. Couldn't you just make a second heaven? Like, you've been really good. You go here. You kind of fucked up a little bit. You go here. Yep. You really fucked the pooch. You're going there. Well, if his... If that his, sounds like Mormon heaven. I know. It's Mormon heaven. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, what what we're talking about here is separation, right? So so the whole thing about about uh, fire and brimstone and all that, that's all pointless. If If his whole goal... We already know it's not deterrence. We covered that. If it's separation, he could have accomplished that a bunch of ways without all the pain and suffering that he's going to, right? And one of those is to, like you guys were saying, put you anywhere else. I mean, um, he fucking created a universe in fucking six days and took a nap. What about space, so? space is infinite. I mean, realistically, God could put every single person an infinite distance apart from every other person. Well, or what about, what about where is heaven anyway, right? So what if, yeah. what if he could just put you a millimeter away from somebody else, but you're unable to physically react or see. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of options for separation that don't involve this useless uh, torture, eternal torture. Right? right. What about this? This was the first option I came up with. Uh, at death, God could simply return the offender's soul to a non-existent state as it was before birth. That would satisfy the requirements, and it, and doesn't and it doesn't show a lack of power on God's end either. Turn you back into a spermy. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, just non-existent. Not even, yeah. Just hey, just like you were before you were born. Maybe he does. That You're satisfies the requirement. Maybe of all these ghost hunter fucks going around are just finding the people that weren't good, weren't good enough to go to the heavens, but not quite bad enough to go to the hells. But oh, we're okay. saying not even exist as a ghost. Just you're just nothing. You're just. Bleep. That's why Ryan's saying in between. But we yeah. already know because the Vatican has recanted on limbo, so that's not an option oh. either. What is the the Vatican How low has can recanted you go? on limbo? What do you mean? There's no limbo. No, no, in-between state. Just uh, having her right. So yeah, he was saying maybe the ghosts are the in-between, and I said there's no such thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, so those are two really much more humane options sure. than hell itself. Yep. Right, and we came up with a ton of them on off the top of our heads, off our I, mere mortal little I, teeny I mean, head. and also, I you know. I not even thought about that. I, uh, I, I'd actually never even given that a thought until just now. Which one? The, the separation thing. Because uh, oh, the separation right, and right. the different oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So right I'd off, never, I never thought about I'd it really. Never either. thought about that ever before. Yeah, and you know, Lucifer was an angel. He's a fallen angel. You got put there. There, you got his own little kingdom to rule over. Mm-hmm. You got all these good angels. Why don't you just give them like, hey, you know, Angel Morona, you got to be on your last exam. Guess what? We're putting you over here <laughs> in snotty kid heaven. All these people are snots. Right. They're fucking obnoxious. They're all the atheists, basically. We're going to let you control them. Sorry. <laughs> Well, yeah. So he created a he God created a, a separation of Satan and his angels from from God and his own angels, but yet still gave still allowed Satan the power to control humans. Yes, to some extent when he could when he can clearly, according to, to Christians, has the power to stop all of that. And yet didn't. So, uh, but there's a, there's a myriad of of options within the the two that we've named for separation without. The sadistic nature of, that hell represents. Um, it's true. So, did God create hell for separation? I would say obviously not, unless unless he's unless an he's fuck. not loving or nor merciful, okay. which is not what's taught about him. And I don't think any Christians would be willing or Muslims would be willing to admit that he is that kind of a sadist. Mm-hmm. But it's a possibility. You know, assume it's not, but. 
I would say God's a sadist. I mean, after all, he did fucking pin his own kid up on a cross and make him fucking sure. lay dead for three days. Well, sure. Sure. Well, half kid. But they, but they would, yeah. but Christians, would Muslims, and Jews would never say that. No. Right? No. I mean, based, based on the persona they want us to believe he is, they would never take either of these two options. No. Um, all right. I'm curious to so, know what, what other options they could provide. If they were posed with these, these problems? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. They'd get some pretty twisted apologetics, I'm sure. Yeah. Or, or just, we need well, to you, get, go, you gotta have faith. We need to get an actual theist in the show sometime. I don't, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I've ever seen any debate or discussion between a theist and non-theist on, on specifically the subject of hell. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that would that'd be, be, a, that that would be, be a good topic for discussion, I think. Sure would be. We've had, we've had we fun find with one? I have had. I fucking, like I said, I love talking about hell. Yeah, and but I finding never, a theist that'd be willing to come here and talk to hell with us. Yeah, I, I, I love talking about hell. It's one of my favorite things to discuss, you know, with theists or non-theists. Yeah. And I had never even considered the the idea of, you know, separation as being one of the hmm. one of the justifications for hell and why that's a flawed oh. argument for hell. I'm glad I could uh, could Thanks, increase Matt. your arsenal. Well, now, if we do get a theist on, we played our cards out to them already. That's, that's okay. fine. There's, it doesn't matter that <laughs> yeah. what, what are they going to say to this? I mean, then this is this is a, a, an incredibly condensed version. Yeah. Um, I usually spend a few hours on these. And trying to work them down to a small, so but which moves us on to the third one, which actually almost took no time at all because it's absolutely not possible. I mean, uh, the 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 remaining possibility is hell for rehabilitation. Well, right. you don't get to leave it, so how can it be for rehabilitation? All yeah. right, yeah. So this is yeah. an obvious no right from the right from the get go. But you know what the um, funny thing about rehabilitation is? What? Where do you think the uh, term? Prison comes Amy from. Winehouse would never go there. <laughs> no, <laughs> too soon. So, our try to make me go, and I said no, no, no. <laughs> our modern prisons uh-huh. used to be called penitentiaries. Yeah, still are sometimes. Sometimes, penitentiary comes from the word penance. Yeah, ah. because they used to lock you in a little four by four cell with a Bible, and that was it. Thinking still do that, that sometimes. So, well, I mean, they gave them a little bigger cell now. They let him walk out of it. But it used to be basically you're locked in confinement in a room with a Bible, and that's going to fix you. You're going to find penance while locked in there through the Bible. Right. And that didn't go over so well. I think we made a lot of lunatics, a lot of people go insane. Yeah. And created more psychopaths by doing that because they literally fucking went out of their brain sitting in a cell reading the fucking Bible for two years. Right. I would go out of my brain reading the Bible for two years if I wasn't in a four by four room or eight by eight or however big you wanted to make it. Right. I would just come up more confused, like, "Wait, yeah. this don't make sense." <laughs> Doctor Seuss, please help me. I have some Dr. questions. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, like you said, hell sentence is eternal, um, which strikes me as merely a fear tactic, tactic heavily employed by Christians and Muslims. So no parole, forever punishment, no rehab, right? Even if someone yeah. does get, quote, get better, they'll never be released anyway. So the verdict, the verdict on rehab is in no way from me. Not, not even possible. Um, so basically, Christians and Muslims have maintained that hell is for those who have, quote, lived in sin and or rejected God. Yet none of the possibilities proposed by even mere mortals makes any sense. So... Why is God so terrible at planning and executing? Um, 
the only option is that God is not real, right? Hell is not real, or God is a sadist, sadistic asshole. None of which are options religious people want to accept. No, and not, neither of them. Neither of them are are good for religious people at all. I mean, either option, they're kind of fucked. Um, if hell exists, uh, you must accept that God prefers useless punishment to unconditional forgiveness, which again is counter to what they preach. Right? That God is ever forgiving and all loving. Right. Because obviously he has situations where he can't forgive because he sent you to places where you can't leave. Obviously, yeah, he can't, right? Or if hell does not exist, then God does not inflict sadistic, senseless, unnecessary torture. The probability is then that man, not God, created hell. Well, I mean, that's exactly, we created heaven and hell. Right. And so I have this quote from Robert Ingersoll. I'm going to say Robert England, the guy who played fucking not Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, <laughs> yeah, Robert Ingersoll. I think he was a he was a mathematician. Um, but he said the myth of hell represents all the meanness, all the revenge, all the selfishness, all the cruelty, all the hatred, all the infamy of which the heart of man is capable. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, he was an atheist as well. But yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm curious to know what the theist arguments for hell would be. Yeah. And how they would how they would refute some of the things that we've said. I think they'd be tough. They'd be tough to refute. Um, they'd be forced into corners a few times. Um, I, I would be surprised if they didn't repeat. If they didn't uh, retreat to the faith card, you know that. Well, that we just, can't know the mind of God. Yeah, that and, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be their only out, really. Well, I mean, they'll say yeah, that's why you, I say, you I mean, can't know the mind of God, but at the same time, I say, well, he's an all loving person. You know, you just have to believe in him. Well, then how do you know that if you don't know the mind of God? I mean, you well, that's a great point. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they claim that you can't know the mind of God, yet they claim to also know the mind of God for so many other specific yeah, they, things. They, they know exactly what God wants and how God wants things done, but you can't know God. So how the fuck do you know, know what he wants, how yeah, he they wants know, it done? They know with whom God would like you to sleep or have sex, in what position, how often. Yeah. I mean, well, God I think- probably doesn't even like the name God. He's probably actually named Mark. The manner Mark. in which you do it, whether or not you use protection while doing so. Well, what I mean, th- this one is particularly tricky, I think, because you could you could simply by analogy, you know, you could say, "Dear theist, um, your child does, you know, your four year old child um, opens the peanut butter and throws it, you know, in the chocolate sauce or whatever, and throws it all over the the house and the carpet, and what whatever thing that a toddler might do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you then justified to take that child? down into the basement, chain them up and whip them every day, all day for say 10 years for that infraction. Don't no, spare of the course, rod. Of course you're not. And nobody would, ad- would say that that was okay. Right. What about 20 years? What about 20 million years? Right. What about infinity? No, of course you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So why? Right. I mean, right there, what the fuck are they going to say? But if you How spare you the rod, you spoil that? the child. True. This is going to make me go on an internet search to find out, <laughs> to yeah, find what, what are any the, kind of discussions that I can for to justification de- for hell. Yeah, to defeat the 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 hell argument. Yeah, it, I think I don't think it's a well I mean, talked it's, about it's, subject. It's Most of it's all been, about like God's divinity and if God's real. People don't. I mean, I don't see a lot of debates going into well, why hell? Why is he such an asshole? Yeah. I mean, I mean, on its face, for me. And it's because it's one of the reasons why it's always been one of my favorite subjects is because it's always been so simple and clear cut and self-refuting and contradictory, the, the entire concept of hell, that 
I've not done any huge amounts of research about yeah. it because it's always been so obviously fucking right. wrong, right? That that I haven't ever had to do any kind of real deep yeah, dive research into it. And now I'm now I'm kind of curious to know what yeah. the arguments, well, what these, the theistic arguments for hell would be. These couple episodes have been eye opening for me as well, and I, I can't I can't help but think you know during during preparing for this how how brilliant this would have been a, a a subject for Hitchens. Oh yeah. You know, he 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 often talked about the failures of God, but mostly the failures of the representatives of God on earth, but mm-hmm. he would have killed it on the topic of hell. Mm-hmm. And just and and like you said, yeah. it just it never gets it never get, nobody gets into it. Yeah. Well, because most often it goes to the point where you're saying, well, God's omnipotent. He knows everything. Why did he create this guy who's going to create this hell? Why did he create sin? So he can go there when he knows what's going to fucking happen in the first place. So fucking hell's out, out the door. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. usually kind of where it stops. Cause but then going into the thing, well, okay, let's suppose there is a God and he did create this hell. Why the fuck would he do that? Right. It's well, a- maybe I'll throw a feeler out to Facebook and see if any of my friends know a theist who would be willing to come on the show. And talk to us about hell because I don't think we're bad people to talk to. We're no, not. We're not overly aggressive. Maybe we, we might have to chain Matt down to the floor though. He gets. <laughs> he gets kind of. He gets going on some shit. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I. I would. I would like it to be the kind of thing where you know I can throw a feeler out, have people put me in contact with somebody yeah. who. I can have a little bit of a discussion back and forth mm-hmm. and say, you know, mm-hmm. this is these are our thoughts on hell. Yeah. How do you refute them? What would you say? I would love to have a discussion, you know, see it, just kind of it, it'd be nice to have a very non-combative discussion where we can actually discuss in, yeah. instead yeah. of well, I'd like that hacking too. each yeah. other's heads the whole time. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I know what you mean by that. I'd like that too. Yeah. I mean, cause that's yeah, sure. I mean, that's honestly the way most atheist theist debates turn out is kind of a a very adversarial attack, and yeah. it's like you know, it's. I think the hard thing around uh, around here about hell is that just Mormon. like just like everything in the Mormon Church is, there's no official stance. It's a really gray area. It's all fuzzy and soft, and nobody even you know if you if you ask a born again Christian if they're saved or not, they'll tell you if they are or if they aren't. Oh yeah. If you ask a Mormon if they're going to the celestial kingdom, none of them have any fucking idea. Where like, well, they stand. I gave my ten percent for fucking fifty years. They have years, no so idea. I hope so. Yeah, but you have to repent constant. I mean, if you're not repenting every second of every yeah. day, then you don't know, right? And so, so, and so hell again is another one of those weird issues where you know some think that guys like Hitler may be there, and others think that he's not. And so, you know, well, in say, Utah, yeah. finding a Mormon who's going to have any kind of a, a a strong position on hell is going to be tricky. Yeah, I think. Well. There, there's always the the one person that comes to mind when I think of any yeah one we've talked about before yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I'll, is he Mormon no okay. he's there you uh, go he's a Calvinist so oh well that's interesting yeah yeah hmm. of the uh, of the uh, Doug Douglas Wilson uh, Matt Slick style Calvinist uh, I would say fuck um, Matt Slick <laughs> well both both of those guys are in Idaho which is why I ask yeah I was would, Matt Slick actually he's in Idaho yeah. yeah oh I didn't know he's in Idaho let's go up and visit him someday. yeah his his daughter Rachel is yeah. is a fucking badass his, is she, his yeah. daughter Rachel is an atheist oh, okay uh huh and thinks her dad is just full of horse shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah well he totally is <laughs> well yeah but he's I'm, also he's I'm also going every single one of his YouTube videos is that daughter's too. right yeah well he's oh a, my god did asshole. you did you listen to the to the discussion between Matt Dillahunty and Matt Slick on yeah, yeah. most of it. I listened to about the first hour, I think. 
Yeah. Was that dog going to be? That was Atheist Experience. Oh, no. He was. Oh, I've, oh Atheist Experience probably listened to the whole thing because he went on Matt Slick's show. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, this was a fairly recent thing. Oh, then, uh, then that was that was when Dillahunty called to uh, into Slick. Yeah, because he, he just called into Matt okay. Slick radio show about a month, not even a month ago, yeah. probably where they were they were on there and and Matt Slick wanted to talk about or I'm sorry, Matt Dillahunty wanted to address Matt Slick and the, his, the, the Dillahunty fallacy. Yes, that's yeah. all yeah, right. Yeah, it was on his. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to remember the name of his show right now. I can't remember his. Because he does a uh, it's a. Uh, a Google Hangout the magic show. Machinations of Matt Slick. <laughs> well, he's Carm. Yeah, huh? yeah. He's Carm. Well, it has like Matt something is. like God Hammer or something like that. Oh God, of course, yeah. Thor. No, no. I think that's what he calls it. Like, it should YouTube. just be called Thor because that was the original God Hammer. Yeah, I think is oh, Mjolnir. Mjolnir is is Thor's hammer. Mm. Oh, well, whatever. I don't care it's not about like, Marvel. It's not Hammer of God or something <laughs> like that. Maybe it's someone else I'm thinking of. <laughs> I can probably. I think it's Hammer of God. That's what I, th- I think it is Hammer. Oh, of God Hammer of God, yeah. For uh, Matt Slick's YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you want some entertainment and to get really mad at something, just watch that. I don't send our listeners to Matt. Slick. Yeah, the the Matt. I'm not Slick, trying to. The Matt guy. Slick discussion with Matt Dillahunty that I listened to recently. It was Matt Slick sounded so fucking childish oh. and petulant and just. Yeah, I mean, you could you could tell Matt Dillahunty totally ruffled his feathers, and he was yep. he was in full fucking strut mode. Like, never mind. It's, it's calm not, the fuck down, dude. It's not that. It's a uh, uh, Bible thumping wing nut. Bible thumping wing nut show is his show on YouTube. I don't think that's what it's called. It is. That's his show. That's Matt, Matt Slick's Matt show. Matt Slick calls his, his show, show the Bible Thumping, Thumping Wing Nut, nut show. That's yes. pr- that's pr- that's probably kind of like how we adopt words like heathen and heretic. Yeah. Things that are supposed yeah, to be, you know, they're supposed to be derogatory and you just there's a show with uh yeah. uh, uh Arn Ra. Mm-hmm. When I was just before Matt Slick's I mean uh I like Arn's show. a lot. Arn's yeah. Arn's got some great stuff. That the that YouTube video about Flintstones archaeology that Aaron Ra has is fucking great. Did you that guys? One. Did you guys? So you've seen my T-shirt? That's the yeah. the ramen, not the one I'm wearing tonight. Oh, Though I like this one the, quite a bit. Yeah, I do too. That one's good. I don't like the, the, the Tuscan Raiders. The Tuscan Raiders. But I like that. Shirt. Uh, it's clever. But no, I, I have that other shirt. That's the the ramen podcast, yeah. which is yeah. Mark Nebo and Aaron Ra, and the top ramen podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> so so mark nebo is a total badass i love the guy and he's going to be the mc for the the pennsylvania free thinkers conference i i i apologize brian and mark that i can't think of the exact name of what it's called right now uh but mark is going to be the mc for this conference or convention and as part of his bio he says something like you know it lists all of his all of his credits and everything. He and his wife Shannon started the B Secular Community and have done all of these other great things. And then it says something along the lines of, "And Mark also has the greatest beard east of Dan Ellis." Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fucking hilarious. I, I posted a link to it. I thought it was really funny. That's good. And true. <laughs> we were just talking about how shitty mine is. So I've been too lazy to shave. I honestly hadn't even noticed that was, which is funny because before we've talked about that, and I've said it's just really bad when it, and you're like, "Oh, it looks like it'd be all," and I'm no, it, it's not, and <laughs> I've just been not shaving, and it's bad. Yeah, and I, and I haven't shaved my head in a month. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually got a big bald spot. It actually comes in a little bit heavier in the front than I would have expected. Yeah, but 
The razor still doesn't know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> the razor just glides over it like nothing. It's like, like you know, a butter. So I usually just use it on like a no 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 uh, guard on the razor and I, uh, the trimmers. And I just kind of do that usually. Yeah. And it literally makes no noise change when you turn it on until I hit the middle of my, like, the top of my head. Like that's, when, that's when it does the grrr. Yeah. And then no noise again for a second, then back to noise. Yeah, see, I, I totally have the opposite problem. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have issues up top at all. Oh, yeah. no, no. Matt has know. Bradley Cooper hair. Right, but you guys both have beards. And oh, I don't have a beard. Well, you can. Oh, I can, but I'm just not allowed to. Can you grow a good beard? Yeah, you're not allowed yeah, to. Yeah, I'm be- not allowed to at work, though. Well, but yeah. can you? I yeah. mean, if yeah. you were allowed, can you when grow I was, a good beard? Uh, when yeah, I was uh, transitioning from uh, military to civilian, I had a just a bushy beard for like two months. Yeah. Where I was literally living off of ramen noodles and PBR and... <laughs> the the flesh of dead animals on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Walking to the gas station to get my ramen noodles and PBR because I didn't want to put gas in my car because I had no money. <laughs> I literally, when I left the military, until I got picked up with my new civilian job, when I got my first paycheck for my civilian job, I had $100 left in my bank account. Because wow. <laughs> I still had to pay my rent, my utilities, and all that stuff for those, yeah. those three months, and I didn't have a whole lot of cash saved up because the military don't pay that well. Right, yeah. So yeah, I had a hundred dollars left in my bank account when I got my first. Yeah, the, mil- the military the, doesn't pay well. It's a lot of the time it's the the little fringe benefits or perks that that really help you out when you're active duty, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, you can get free health care. Yeah, yeah, free yeah, health care. Yeah. You get the free education, free education, the housing allowance, yeah. all mm-hmm. of that good stuff. Even right? my housing allowance, I got. I think my housing allowance is like four fifty a month. Yeah, my my rent mm-hmm. for my apartment was six fifty. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I had to pay two fifty out of pocket for it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not really you know all of the fringe benefits aren't really money in your pocket, but they sure fucking help a whole lot while you're in. Yeah, oh so, yeah, yeah. And when you deploy, you're tax free, and you get all the hostile fire pay, the combat yep. pay. I mean, that mm-hmm. stuff adds up nicely. Then if you're married, you get all your you know separation pay. Yep. So yeah. you can. Then again, I was like, yeah, I went on a six. You month can clean deployment. house if you don't want to ever see your fucking family. Right. That's like I'd be like, I'd <laughs> go on a six die. month deployment. Be like, <laughs> and maybe die. Yeah. Like, yeah, I baked eight thousand dollars, and I like, oh, this contractor makes twelve thousand a month. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that kills me that they pay. And it happens all over. Through, I mean, throughout every government agency, yeah, you, you pri- get privatizing. Yeah, you get there contractors you in there who. Make fucking bank. Oh, I mean, they, load. the government pays them so fucking much money, and they're contractors, which means that they jump from contract to contract to contract, and they're you know generally speaking six months to two years for any government contract, which means that you have this constant churn of people who don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I think, and it takes one- you know you 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 get a six month contract to bring in people to work on something that it takes them six fucking months to figure out what the fuck is going on. Oh, yeah. And then they're gone. I mean, I think it's just, were... it's a huge, I government contracts fucking make me so mad. Like, well, they're all mercenaries. I mean, <sighs> well, not all of them. Blackwater's what? Okay. <laughs> but those guys are making like $16,000 a month. All right. How, how many of them are mercs? Not, not all of them. Well, and I'm not well, even. I'm not, I'm not even them, talking. I'm just saying. Com- I'm not most even of them talking are. like combat or, most or military aren't? stuff. No. I'm talking no. government contracts. Period. Yeah, like, like even here stateside. Yeah, I mean, I, mm. at at federal agencies like the fucking IRS, where we have oh, yeah. contractors, and a lot of them are good people, and they try to do a good job, but it takes so fucking long to get them even up to speed on what the fuck is going on. I guess that by the time they know what's going on, they're gone. Oh yeah. I guess what I'm trying to really dig at here is that this this idea that 
generally Republicans have that privatizing everything is an advantage for but right and, and and it's not no and it's no. not it's not we, it's not right we, and we, socialized medicine has become has become a derogatory term yeah socialize the shit yes yeah. mm-hmm. do take it out of the hands of doctors who charge $12,000 for one pair of braces and why the fuck is there this middleman of an insurance company why yeah. why can't yeah. the government or some other agency just pay my doctor directly like i don't i don't understand why i have to pay somebody to pay the insurance company to pay my doctor why does the insurance – the insurance company is there to make a fucking profit oh, off, yeah. of, off of being the fucking middleman yep. for just taking money from you and giving it to somebody yeah. else. Yep. And never, we need and to have a never single ever payer giving system. it back if they can help yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're not there for your benefit. They're not nope. there to help you. They're there to make a fucking profit. And if you get sick and you end up spending more money than they can handle, guess what? Your premium just went up to fucking offset that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so did everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, uh, I've never understood that shit. I, I we, we had a few years ago one of our fire stations that got re, got renovated, uh, put a larger stall onto it so we could accompany uh, the bigger engines that we're getting in and put different trucks in there because they wouldn't fit. It was too small of a stall because it was an old, probably a 1960s era fire station that was there. So they gutted the whole thing, built a larger stall on the outside of it. You know, new date, redid the day room, redid the kitchen, redid the bedrooms in it, all that stuff. Just but the. Outside structure stayed the same besides the stall they added onto it. Right around $2 million. Mm. Roy City, right out the gate from the fire department, got a brand new, high-tech, completely fucking badass fire station. 500000 Way better than what we got. Mm. Uh, I mean, if a guy three rooms down from you farts in his sleep, you hear it. <laughs> the walls are paper fucking thin. <laughs> Nothing works. Everything breaks inside of it within a month. So you're still dealing with exhaust issues there. Actually, the new issue is garage doors. What's what's the issue with the garage doors? Uh, they keep failing, and the fire trucks keep hitting them. Oh, that's not good. We've had what, they just drop. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we've had since I the station that I'm at right now. We've had there's six garage doors on that station. Four of them have dropped onto the middle of the fire truck as it's pulling into the station and completely wrecked the whole f- door. And, and damage the truck, I'm sure. And one of the one of the trucks that damaged it was about a thirty thousand dollars worth worth of damages of it because it hit the actual turret on the top of it, one of our crash trucks, and completely destroyed it. The thing is, is most places don't use these crash trucks anymore. Since we're the military, we still use it. So yeah. getting parts to fix it is like, well, we have to basically have some guys sit there on a fucking lathe and build one by hand. That's the other thing too. I mean, when you look at the funding the different federal agencies get, I, I worked for. You know, I, I used to do contract work. So I know that contractors themselves aren't bad people. They try to do what they can to get the job accomplished that they've been hired to do, but they don't have the background knowledge and they're not going to be there forever. And they know they're not going to be there forever. So they do what they have to to get by and to fulfill, yeah. and to fulfill the terms of their contract. So, you know, I, I used to work, I used to do tons of contract work, programming and shit like that. And, you know, the one of the gigs that I had was working at the DOD as a contractor. And the DOD has so fucking much money, they don't know what to do with it. I mean, it, it would come to uh, fiscal year end, and in October, they would walk around and hand people a catalog and say, oh, yeah. here's a catalog. 
what do you need? What do you need? What do you want? What, what sounds good? We have X amount of dollars that we have to burn because if we don't burn it this time, if we don't burn it through this fiscal we cycle, we're going to get it next one. We're not going to get it next time because they'll go, well, you didn't, oh, you yeah. didn't use these funds. Obviously, you don't need them, so we're going to cut your budget. So they would walk around and ask you to buy shit so that they could spend the money so that they would be sure to get that same money next year. And I hate that because we I ended had... up buying so much useless fucking shit that they could put in our fire trucks. <laughs> Like our high, our Jaws of Life. Everybody's heard of the Jaws of Life. Yeah. We had nice ones. You know, we had newer hydraulic pumps and everything and new cords and new blades. And they're all really nice equipment. Well, they needed to spend money on something. So they got these e-hydraulics, battery-operated ones. They don't have to have a pump for all that kind of stuff. So they got rid of all the good stuff we had. And they put those pieces of shit on our fucking trucks. So they had to spend like $100,000. So they bought those things. You literally get two doors off a car. The thing's fucking dead. Yeah. May I just offer my opinion as the only non-federal employee here? Yeah, sure. What about education, perhaps? Like, what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. <laughs> with funds allocations in this government? Yeah. Like, here, here's, here's, here's two federal employees complaining about the way oh, yeah. that funds are being spent. Yeah. It's the way right? the Look, system is set up, though. Yeah. I, if, no, I you, agree. if you If you I have a $100,000 budget and you don't spend $100,000 in that year, I, I well, know. next year you only get 80000 But if you spend that 100000 next year you might get a $120,000 budget because you spent all your money in that budget. Right. So it's a way to basically right. increase your budget every I, year. I, yeah. I know. Well, and, it's and, a strain. Uh, and in moving from... The DOD that was just fucking lousy with money. I mean, just fucking filthy with fucking cash coming out of their asses. I mean, Mm. the the DOD – I mean, if you look at the budget for the United States and look at the chunk that the fucking DOD takes out of everything, it's the biggest – it's the biggest fucking slice of the pie. Yeah. And, you know, so going from the DOD to the IRS. So at the DOD, I had fucking – like I had two laptops, fucking a desktop, all the monitors I could need, a fancy fucking chair, my own super nice cubicle, fucking external attached hard drives, any kind of software I wanted, anything I wanted to get my job done, I was fucking, sure, we'll give it to you, Dan, no problem. Then I go to the IRS. When I started at the IRS, they were still using fucking Windows XP and IE6, and... And this was, you know, this was within the last five years. Like, ah, we that within the last year, I was just updated to uh, Windows Seven and IE Ten, which was then just recently upgraded to Eleven. But and to get two monitors for the one fucking shitty piece of fucking trash, old piece of shit fucking laptop that I have, to get two monitors to be able to attach to that as a programmer, so that I can read the specification on one screen and program on the other was a huge fucking deal. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can afford that expenditure. And that's really bad. When, when you look at the, the, the types of technology that are available versus what we had at the time and what we have to fucking use to get our job done, it's fucking ridiculous. And then you see them spending, you know, multi millions and billions of dollars on these fucking contractors that come and go. And it just fucking drives me nuts. You know what this problem all boils down to? Fucking Jesus. That sounds homoerotic. Oh, I just thought we're an atheist <laughs> podcast, so I'd throw some atheist <laughs> shit in there. Yeah, well, I don't know about fucking Jesus, but... <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> That's one of my favorite memes is the picture of oh, yeah. Jesus, like, riding... Jesus riding the other Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Arm Jesus in the air like funny. he's waiting for his eight seconds. And he's fucking, he's fucking Christ. <laughs> Jesus is fucking Christ, Christ. yeah. 
I usually I see a lot of people post. I have one buddy that loves posting uh, Jesus riding a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he posts, I have a T-shirt. Yeah, he posts shit with that all the time, and it's wait, who does? Uh, one of the guys I work with that loves posting Jesus riding no. a dinosaur. No matter what joke? it is, it can be yeah, it can be for anything, oh, and okay. it's Jesus riding a dinosaur. Happy yeah. birthday! Here's Jesus riding Here's a dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah, some, did someone do that for you on your? No. Or was it? I thought, there, I thought there was on Facebook. I thought uh, I saw a happy birthday, Dan Ellis, and it had Jesus riding a dinosaur. I don't remember seeing that. You need to check Facebook. <laughs> no, it might, I, I might be wrong. Possibly. I don't know. I would have to double check. Perhaps I'll do that shortly. Like right now. Maybe. Well, so I was thinking in the next coming shows, I mean, we we still have plenty more mistakes of Jesus to continue with. Um, but we could start hitting some of the logical fallacies and stuff as we move along. I think. What do you guys? What do you guys say? Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I, I think. I think there's. I think it's important too because I think a lot of them get overlooked. Um, and just reading this article by this quote astronomer that works for. Uh, I AI, think he AIG. might have invented a few fallacies. Well, perhaps, but <laughs> the I mean, sun even, fallacy. He just he yeah, was yeah, going yeah. up on yeah. his own little fallacy train. But I mean, like you know, poisoning the well and those kinds of things, which which are really often overlooked, you know, or or unrecognized. Um, and so, just to kind of, and, and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I don't catch every fallacy ever, but sure, um, you know, there's only one Dillahunty, right? So, oh. <laughs> guy's really good. Yeah, I yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah, he's super sharp on that stuff for sure. Yeah, I I would say uh Dillahunty's probably I, I would say he's probably the greatest atheist debater out right now. Which is mm-hmm. we do have I think Texas is our third largest state that listens to our podcast. So I don't know if he actually listens to us down there in Texas. I don't know I who don't in Texas know. is listening to us. I think I think Matt could probably debate against a position I, I think he could take the position that runs yep. directly contradictory to anything he believes yep. and still kick ass in any debate. Which yeah. is why the, the only thing that I've, I, 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 I run astray with him is his debate on morality. <laughs> which yeah. we talked about before. And I've honestly thought about calling into the atheist experience and trying to, you know, Here, here's where <laughs> I have think... a morality talk, but I figure out how to get my ass fucking handed to me anyways. <laughs> well, you would, but I mean, I for sure. Here, here's where like I think any of us would for sure. Yep. For sh- yeah. No, I wasn't trying to just point you out on that. I, mean, I would too, but um, I, I think Dillahunty fails on one level uh, as far as being, well, I was going to say as being the best, which is what you said, but that's not exactly true. Oh, he's but very, I, he's very good. No, I love listening I, to him. Talk. I, I would say he probably is the best, but I think the, I think if there was something he failed at, it's, connecting to a general audience. Do you know what I'm saying? Like e- even when he, like that debate he had against Cy Ten Bruggenkate, right? Mm-hmm. Cy, Cy comprehended only the very minimal amount of everything that Matt was trying to explain. Right. And like, I think, so I think you, Matt's so, so far ahead of, so Matt kind of talks over people's heads yeah, a little yep, bit. You think? Yeah. Yep. I think he's a little bit, I, I, I think he's great. He's one of my favorites for sure. I love when a theist um, calls too, a little too. He's, he's just so good. Uh, at a little it. too on the a little a little too far on the intellectual side, maybe that not that the not philosophical every, side. Yeah, that for not sure. everybody can follow exactly what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, you 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 really have to kind of be caught up on um, a lot of the the the. I mean, it's beyond philosophy one hundred and one. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, to even know where he's going or, or wh- why he's attacking an argument from a certain perspective. And I just, I just think most people, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sit here and critic. Uh, criticize Dylan Hunty. I, th- I think he's fantastic. No, I, I, and I think he probably is the best. I think that's a valid criticism. And I think he would probably agree with you. I think, I just think I, most people don't get it. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the other things that, that I've noticed when, when I hear him speak sometimes is that he speaks so fast. Even I, who I think have a, has a pretty good mm-hmm. grasp on a lot of the things on a lot of the concepts that he's talking about. And a lot of the ideas that he's talking about. Sometimes I have a hard time, listening and digesting what he's saying while he's, he's saying, saying it, it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's part of what I mean though, because like, yeah. because you know, if, 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 if you're to think about something you specialize in, right. Something, you know, really well, better than anything else. You know, I don't know that, I don't know that Matt knows this better than anything else, but I'm just saying to put it in perspective um, for me, it's like art stuff, you know, for you, it might be programming. I don't know, whatever for you. It might be, fighting fires, what, I don't know, whatever it is, photo, photography, whatever it is. But somebody starts to make a statement, right? And you know that they're beneath you in skill level and, and understanding. There's a couple of key phrases, and as soon as you hear them, you know exactly where they're going, and you know exactly how to respond. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like you almost can't wait for them to be done because you already know how to defeat that. So it's as soon as they're done, you're just like, bam, and everyone else is trying to follow this argument. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, whack, and then – it's like, wait, holy shit! There was a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah, I think that's. I think he's just so sharp on that stuff. Well, and I, and I was going to say, you know, that that I could flip that too and say that there are other theist debaters that I that I feel the same way about. Like, sure, uh, William Lane Craig yeah, in particular. Uh, yeah, Saiten is not one of them. No, Saiten is Saiten yeah. is Saiten is the the layman's the, the lowest. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. layman's debater. William right? Lane Craig. Yeah, William Lane Craig is 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 obviously very intelligent and yep. very, very cerebrally as he has a great vocabulary. He's well-spoken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a highly lot of the educated. times, yeah, highly yep. educated. And, and I think a lot of the times the arguments that he uses as a theist are lost on other theists because yeah. they oh, don't well, know what course. the fuck he's talking about. Of course. Yeah, of course they're lost on atheists. Yeah. I've, I've had to spend a lot of time going through piece by piece, figuring out what the hell he's yeah, actually I talking about. Yeah, I have to, I have to definitely. And Kalam, he has an, but Craig is different because then Dillahunty, I mean, because he has an ability to take a specific philosophical argument and stretch it out, add all kinds of words, mm-hmm. add premises, points, um, all this kind of, you know, there's a whole bunch of material that Craig has for Kalam that aren't in Kalam. Right. Those, that, that, that's Craig's Kalam. They're, yeah, they're Craig's specialty yep. additions to, to the argument. Right, and, he, and he's got about five or, or six the of Kalam them. argument, yeah. And he's got five or six of those different well-known arguments where he's added, you know, ten or whatever steps to each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they become incredibly convoluted and, and a little bit difficult to follow. Dill, and it, and it seems that not like seems, that. But. Yeah, well, and it seems that as you watch the debates with Craig – you know, as you watch, I mean, and you can follow the timeline from when he started using Kalam yep. up up through you know more, his more present debates, and he adds more and more yep. things to it each time. Yeah, as he gets more and more comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, he starts to he starts to put more things in here and there. Yeah, yeah. Matt Slick does the same thing. You know, especially the, he'll get he'll get uh, uh, comments back from 
people he's debating against and they'll say, well, I'm not clear on this or what about, you know, and like talking about that debate with where he, where Matt Slick called into the atheist experience and talked to uh, Matt Dillahunty and he asked, uh, Slick asked Dillahunty a question about one of his premises and, and Dillahunty said, well, I don't know. And so Slick jumps all over that. You don't know. You don't know, you know, because that's unacceptable. How can for, you not know? Yeah, that's unacceptable yeah. for for a religious person. They, I know everything. They already start the Bible. With, well, because they start with the answer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in, instead of clarifying his point, he went ahead and added that as part of his as argument. part of his argument against whatever. Right. Matt and was so saying. then Dillahunty had to come back later and say, well, instead of Matt Slick going back and refining his argument, making it better, he actually added the flaw and made it worse. Yeah. And so that's that's what they do, but it's so convoluted. Yeah, and the and the thing that bov- the thing it's that bothers me the thing that is. bothers me most, and that makes that makes uh, Slick far less respectable in my eyes is that he he can't maintain his composure. No, like anytime anytime he gets backed his, into a corner, or his feathers are ruffled. His smirky laugh. He gets he gets so fucking petulant and acts like a little fucking kid. Well, you just said this, and this. I yeah. mean, he just. He he resorts to a fucking schoolyard bully, yep. and it's it really fucking bothers me. Yeah, he he kind of has that persona anyway. Yeah, he reminds me of a of, of kind of a locker room bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if you don't agree with everything I'm saying, then I'm gonna fucking attack you and act like a little fucking kid about it. Right? Yeah, kind of sum, submit or else kind of an attitude. And yeah, he he gets way too emotionally wrapped up in it. And it's like, we're having a discussion here, man. If you can't fucking maintain your composure and, and an emotional reaction to something I say, then you probably shouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which, which is why, which is why he's not at the level that he could be. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why Yep. his arguments are just as every bit as convoluted as Craig's, you know, and, and complicated. Um, and he uses tag as opposed to Kalam which is Craig's bread and butter. Yeah. And tag is not one that's used very commonly at all. I mean, he, 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 he's got a great little hole there to, to, to exploit. That sounded terrible. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> a little hole to exploit. He's got a great little hole to exploit. But, uh, no, sounds but, like but German you horn. You can find pictures of his arguments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't Google search that. Uh, image Turn search safe that. search off. Don't Google a great little hole to exploit. <laughs> Especially with Slick involved. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but but he's got a little niche there, right? That uh uh that really could have propelled him, I think, to to the level of Bill Craig or, or something like that. Um and he's just failed to because he's such a little bitch. Yeah. Or William Lane Craig has figured out how to actually still be somewhat professional about it. Yeah. Even though sometimes you can see when he's frustrated. Or or when he feels like he has an edge, like he did with uh, Sam Harris at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And he takes advantage where he'll say, like, well, I can't believe you called all my colleagues here, these great men, psychopaths. And Sam's like, That's not that what is saying. not yeah. what I was saying. You know, but Craig will do that, but you know, in, a, in a much different way where with Slick, the tone. He's much of, more composed and refined Yeah, the, the, about the tone it. is so yeah. obvious with Matt Slick where he's just, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know you are, but what am I? Right. Yeah. I, I guess my morality argument I wanted to kind of go, not at him with, but kind of suppose was saying that morality is more situation-based. Subjective. It's not like, not saying subjective, but I'm saying there are certain times when, yes, that objectively, 
is wrong. No matter every time that situation comes up, that is objectively wrong. Oh, but oh. subjectively, if this situation is 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 upon you, it might be right to do that. Like the only one, the, the biggest one I can think of is is murder or killing another person. If you are being attacked and that person has got it out, like that person is trying to kill me, yeah. you defending yourself to make it so that person can no longer kill you, and you kill him in the process. I would I'd say, say that, that yeah, modifies the that, that would modifies be, the position. That would that would be all right. But if you go out and intentionally just kill someone, in no situation is that ever right. I, I still think you'd have a really difficult time. I trying think to so be, too. Trying to be Dill Hunty on moral relativism. Yeah, but I mean that, that's that's why I think you can't you can't automatically say killing someone is bad. I mean there might be a situation where um, you uh, can. You well, can say it, but it's it's it's. But there might be a situation where it's either if, so, if that person is trying to kill me by me stopping him from killing me, and if I have to kill him in the process, right. is that morally objectable for me to save my own life when that person is trying to kill me? Yeah, and I think he would say no. Mm-hmm. So then it's not objective that all killing is wrong. Well, I don't, I don't think that's the position that he's taking, though. No, but that's what it kind of sounds like he's saying sometimes. When you, when, well, I, I think when I, when I hear someone go objective or subjective saying, well, objectively, if, if, then all situations, it's just you can't do it. It's wrong. Well, that that well, boom right there can, is wrong. I, but, I think but I think then the argument could be that given this circumstance, objectively speaking, murder is always wrong in yeah. this circumstance. That's why, that's why I was kind of saying situationally. If you could evaluate each situation, you can evaluate going – in that situation, yes, wrong. In this mm. situation, no, not wrong. Yeah. So you so can't bunch you, up the term into one saying, so I guess the no question, matter what, it's wrong. The question then becomes, how do, you, how do you determine the difference between situational, I'll say, which isn't really a term for morality, but yeah. we'll say situational, like what you're talking about, where every time in this circumstance it is objective, and in this circumstance, whatever, right? Which is what you guys just, versus moral relativism, because that's exactly what that sounds like to me. Yeah, that's true. So, I guess I my my whole thing with morality is that's if a it's, hard one, man. If it's harming another person, it is wrong. But if if it's mm-hmm. if something's trying to do harm to you and you're trying to stop that harm, that's the only time where I think harm is a is is justified. If you're trying to stop, well, that's a an whole, initial act. That's a whole another interesting point that I haven't thought enough about. But yeah, I mean, I would say for me. If I had to boil it down, it would be do help and don't harm. Yeah. But then again, like what you're saying, you know, when when you're in certain situations where the only way to stop that situation from happening could be doing something that would self, normally be objectively self-preservation and those kinds of things, then yeah, I don't know, I don't know, and I and I don't know how Matt would answer either. I mean, you know, but he he does believe he does accept uh, secular. Um, objective morality. I know that. And, and I have a hard time understanding exactly where he's coming from on that part. To me, it sounds, and and like I said, in that episode, we were where we were talking about subjective and and, and objective morality. I still, and I I still watched that show that you talked about during that one, where you're going back and forth on it. I still, I still teeter back and forth between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there are great arguments on either side of it. And yeah, I, I do too. But, but, for me, where it comes down to is is just like what you were saying, where you you could break it down into different segments and say, well, in this situation, objectively, yes, yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, but, but you can't but, do it in a broad sense. Yeah, bro- that's yeah, why I don't think speaking, you can take still and say it in a broad sense in a, in the in the whole scheme of it, you cannot say objective morality. Well, and I think Dillahunty would disagree. 
that's where we ever just I would say, well, in this situation, but that 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 means, well, okay, objectively, it's moral in that situation. I guess you would say, yeah. But over here, objectively, it's immoral. That's why I'm like, well, then it's situational. It's it's depending on the situation depends on the morality of that. Sure. Outcome, well, and, and which for, then, no matter what, then subjective morality is out the fucking window, no matter what you say on that. If you well, break it down to each individual situation and decide what well, would be moral in that except, situation to do. Except, for me, you know, okay, so we're looking at this from a perspective of um, Earth, human, United yes. States, yes, right, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, and this is really difficult to imagine, but, you know, if you think of, like, an alien planet where the things we find objectionable are considered morally okay. Yeah. Right? Like, stealing, Which we can do stealing. if we go to a totally different society on the opposite side of the globe well, where something we might object to is As far as humans a go, norm. You, you, find, you find a basic sort of morality as far as certain things like stealing and murder and that kind of stuff. Like, generally not okay anywhere you go on Earth. But, like, what if you imagine a place that's an alien planet where those things are considered to be uh, the highest esteem, right? The, 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 the utmost morality. Well, I mean, you got you – got, It's hard to imagine that that could be the case. You've got areas in, like, Brazil where there are villages that their sole income is based off of robberies, based off of yeah, basically is, stealing and pulling scams on tourists. And but is that, like come but is that there. moral or is that necessity? I mean – That's necessity. So is it okay. immoral for them to have to go to those well, lengths then, in order to supply – Food for their family. Yeah, well, when I'm, you're, I'm trying to bring this out a little further. Go ahead, Dan. I, I was just going to say when you're when you're talking about stealing things, and you know, basically, I guess the the moral argument would be which what causes the least amount of harm, right? So, if I am a poor person in need who who has a family who will starve and 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 who will starve to death and die unless I can go out and steal. You know, unless I can get food from somebody, and the only avenue I have to get anything is to steal it from somebody, I'm causing that person harm. Mm-hmm. But it's Temp- it's the it's the greater good, right? Th- their it's, harm it's is which, temporary, which is more versus harm. either the I'm, long time of death if I don't feed my family. I'm picking their pocket, or I'm stealing something from them, but I am helping my family or somebody else to to be able to survive, right? So, mm-hmm. can you say that that theft is is objectively immoral. Well, and this is this is why Robin Hood is such a compelling story. Yeah, yeah, right. Because you're 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 taking what's a, a considered a little bit, like a small percentage, from the people who have all the things. Well, and, and, and then, then you're giving what's considered a very large amount to people who have nothing. Yeah. Right. So that's that. There's something in humans that that there's compelling about that. That's, and, there's well, and I was heroic. just thinking too that you know we can we can come up with spe- with specific circumstances or different scenarios in which we can argue the morality of different things, but for, that for doesn't. Anything. But that doesn't say that there is no objective morality. It, right? it doesn't say there is. I mean, no. You, no. you can you uh, can still you can make arguments against different things, but you but you still can't say that there is no objective yeah, morality. I don't out think. There. Yeah, I, I right? agree with you that. Can, you can you yeah. can say that. You know there are when when we when we're judging different things on a but on situations a, on a basis are very of, subjective. Well, we can look at a thousand different scenarios and a thousand different things on which we would say something is moral or immoral, mm-hmm. and we can say that you know in this case that would be moral, mm-hmm. objectively speaking. But we can't say necessarily that there are no moral absolutes, um, right? You, you, you can't you, say that you can't say that that you, lost you know me. stealing that stealing is always immoral. But that means, or that or that stealing is sometimes 
uh, moral or or subjective or as a subjective morality, right? And I, and I don't think but morality that, ties that in with right or wrong. That doesn't negate that there are no other sub- circumstances in which there is an objective truth and an, and an objective yeah. morality. Mm, but see that. That's why I say. That's, no, that's why. I, that's why I, I brought up the situation thing. Going, you, you'd have to break down the situation in which you're going to be justifying whether it's moral or immoral. Yep, and you I can't s- do it on a broad sense. And I still have a difficulty in figuring out why that isn't considered subjective, because it's all situational, and every, it is. You know, in one case, it well, might, but I'm it, but I'm saying that even in we can we can say that there are a million different things that are subjective, right? right? That that there are. We can say that let's let's say that there are a million different things that we're judging. Mm-hmm. We're going to say whether they are subjective or objective. You can you can point to nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine um, of them that are objective, but you can't discount that there isn't there that there isn't one thing within any of those that is objective. So you can't say wait, that there is no objective morality. Maybe, is what I'm, I'm saying. Maybe I'm confused. Then okay, let let, let me re- reword this and see if it makes. I'm not sure I'm totally following you. So okay. let's let's say there's a million. And I, yeah, I don't know that I'm being totally let's clear. Say there's a million. I, I understand. I, th- I think we're on the same. I lost you on objective. Okay. But, so let me reword this and see if it's still the same. We take a million examples, mm-hmm. and 999, blah, blah, right? All but one case are in favor of stealing for the greater good. Let's say that. Well, and I'm not even saying that because all said of the other nine. At that point. Yeah, well, and I'm not saying that the other 999 are all related to stealing. I'm saying they could be well, a just, wide range of things, right? Oh, okay, all right, all right. Um, but you couldn't. Okay. But you couldn't say that there is no objective moral truth to anything. You couldn't say that there is no such thing as objective morality. You could say that you know, in 99.999 percent of circumstances, we could say that there is that, that that morality is subjective, but you can't say that there is no such thing as an as an objective moral truth. Right, but it's still yet undemonstrated. Like if we have ten cases of a murder happening or someone being killed, mm-hmm. and we agree five of them, the person was morally right and just in the killing that they that happened. Mm-hmm. And we say five of them, the person was not just or right in that. What okay. they did or the the actions they took. All right. So five of those are subjectively that killing was okay or okay. objectively okay. Uh, then five okay. of them objectively those killings were not okay. Okay. And you just but lost if you me say, too because – But if you say with those ten killings, if you say killing is objectively okay, like, well, no, on these five cases we say – or objectively wrong. We're saying, well, in this five cases – they were all right in the action they took. Yep. They were and saving or doing something that we think is morally all okay. And you just did the exact same thing that Dan did, yes. which confused me. I was up. I was with you on your examples until you said these X amount of cases, five cases, are objectively okay or not. Right? Yes. That, that word throws me off because I don't know what you mean by that in Saying that situation. M- morally, I mean, they were in the right place. Right. Well, and, according and to what and according to whom and, and, and what, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, like we, we, we have to establish something else first before we can say those are through the standards set down yeah. by a normal society. What did they do? I, what, what does normal mean? Well, and I don't, I don't want <laughs> and to society, the and, society you're in. And I don't necessarily want to jump to the, the most hot topic or, or, you know, the, the flashpoint, yeah, do it. Hot topic issue, but but can you? <laughs> but I mean, can you ever say that that uh, rape is a subjective moral choice? I only thought of in my head one time ever where it would be all right. Okay, 
And the only one time in my head I ever thought it might be possibly a tiny bit right is if you're the last two fuckers on this earth. No, I disagree. And, I still would disagree. And that's where I'm like, well, in order yeah, to perpetuate the race, you, you have to have sex, yeah. even though... And I, and I still would disagree. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I would too. And that's, what, that's why I said a little tiny bit. That's the only case yeah, where I can think well, of where... And that's, and that's why I say you can't... You know, you can point to a million other different things, but you can't say that there is no such thing as an objective moral, as an objective moral truth. Yes. And that's why I say on the whole... But when you wrap everything up into one, you can't say everything is objectively has an objective so, morality. When you can break it down to well, you can't say that everything has an objective no. truth. But I'm saying that you, but, but there are that, objective truths. But well, right. there isn't you, you can't a single. Say, you can't say that that I can point to you know a million different things that are subjective, and that means that there is no objective morality. Yes, right. You I agree. still have to say you know that I can find under no circumstance whatsoever that anything would not would not have an objective moral truth. Okay, so let me turn this again because I think that's a good example. Is there any situation where rape is subjectively okay? I think Ryan would I think Ryan is yeah, the closest is, you could ever come to an to example But of, to me that that's not subjectively okay. Either. Well, but but that's the key that's the yep. two key words is yeah. to you. Yep. Right? To me that would be bad. And I think we would all probably would, yeah, agree yeah, that it would, that be, would bad. be bad. But the only thing that's positive okay, in it so, is that it has to happen in order to perpetuate a race to have kids. Otherwise, there is nothing. Well, but even then, you would have to argue that the objective that. But but even then, you're still you're still arguing against something that you're measuring, and to say that there is that there is at its base some objective truth upon which we can say that something. It, to, to, in order to say that something is subjective, you're still measuring it against. Yes. Yep, right. What is causing more or less harm? Yep. And so what at its base gives us that subjective value? Right. And actually even, this world even, probably would be better off if we're all gone. And <laughs> yeah. But but even even introducing an alien race, right, where where rape might be objectively good, right? We're still applying our own standards to say that nope, it's not. And even in the most extreme case, like we just talked about there's still a very, very high level of subjectivity to what we, I think, all agree is an object wrong. Yeah, well, and, so, and, and I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about this a little bit now, and I think I, I hit upon the thing that, that is most important is that in order to say that anything is objective, you're still measuring it against mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? That's what, that's and what so I mean. what are you measuring and it against? That's the hard thing is agreeing on a measurement to measure it well, against. That, and that's, this is why... Earlier in my example, I was trying to pull this away from Earth and humanity and Americans and all that kind of so to say, well, okay, so there's this other group of people that we don't have to pull exact, away from Earth. Exactly the opposite. Well, but we do though. You got those uh, the the yeah, bobo the, or what are those race of of uh, uh, chimpanzees are apes? They bonobos, rape yeah. bonobos. No, they you're rape about all chimps. the fucking time. What? But okay. But what I'm talking about though is take. Let's just hypothetically, right? And and flip it 180 degrees, completely inverse, right? Everything we think is good, they think is bad, and vice versa. Everything we think is bad, yeah. they think is – right? So with with anything on earth, you're going to find some similarities, right? So I'm just saying from from our perspective – this is a thought experiment, yeah. right? To, to decide subject versus objective, and well, it's I think still That's really why one hard. thing it has to be measured against is the society in which it's being well, – the I context think, So that's in. subjective. But I think that thought of – I think that thought of experiment fails because if you, if you flip everything that we believe is good on its head and say that everything that we believe is good is, is then bad, then – 
I mean that would that would quickly lead to the wipe to the to the complete wiping out of whatever civilization you're talking about, right? Yeah, but it doesn't fail as a thought experiment just because but, but that, the potential of that species on that wouldn't planet, exist. It, it still succeeds as a thought experiment because then you're because the the only purpose of that thought experiment is not if that species succeeds. The purpose is does this help us get to the bottom of subjective versus objective morality? If they say this is murder is good, rape is good, stealing is good, and we say no, these things are bad. In the context how of we, our how planet, do we that or, right? Yeah. Yes, it might be bad. On the context of their planet, it S- might be subjective. It, it include you've already added subjectivity. Yes, but I so that added subjectivity based on their societal norms or their yep. society. Yep, according to their though. society, subjective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's well, but like what I said, I'm trying to say is whether whether you believe in subjective morality or not, you still have to have something upon which to measure what is what is moral, right? right? Which is the purpose of my thought experiment, because yeah. then you flip it completely on its head and say, how does this affect the way we think about morality? I mean, is is this purely something that's come through evolution, being on Earth, uh, human? In America, well, but even if all you that kind of stuff, on on they, they would have to have something to measure it on, right? And what they measure it on, it would be objectively no, it moral. Be. If we have something that we can deem objectively that, moral, and you flip it on the head, the it's case. the exact opposite no, there. No, that, that cannot be How the case. How can it not be the fact, case? Because if we both think absolutely con- contradictory things, yes. then that, that eliminates objectivity altogether. But that's, that's what I'm kind of but saying. But what in Dan that. is saying, I think, um, is that. If if we're going to say that morality is subjective based on all those other elements I've mentioned, Earth, American, you know, whatever it is, human, all that stuff, and then there's this alien race that thinks of everything completely opposite, they're still basing their morality on those things, on right? something that they're, they're basing. From, it, yeah. I mean, they're basing it on something, right? That they're Me, they're Galakians from Omicron Persei yeah. eight, and they live in. I mean, whatever. they they have and that's they, their basis. They have so some foundation upon which they're building their moral structure. So we're right back to subject subjective morality. Yeah, and 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 still not understanding Dillahunty's objective I mean, morality. I mean, well, if that, we, that, if that, we that, view objective morality as being the basis for something, we can view it as the foundation, right? So yes. you have right. a foundation upon which you can make subjective moral arguments. Right. But that doesn't say that your foundation is subjective because you're right. measuring against something you're that me- exists, yep. something that is concrete that does not change. Correct. Which is an argument for an objective moral stance. Right. But which I would, is why so many religious people are objective moralists because the Bible is that. Yeah. That well, and they, and they use that as their standard. But and I would we can, agree. We can easily reject that as being sure. an, an objective moral good standard because there are so many contradictions and so many evils and and awful immoral things within the Bible's text that we can say that no, that's not a good justification to say that there's an objective morality. But we can't say that there's no such thing as objective morality. But I would say that the thing we measured against changes. You the, can't say that the mind, what a Cro Magnum man thought was correct or incorrect. It's the same as what we might think is correct or incorrect. So through our evolution, we've just, you know, made a determination on what is right to do and what is wrong to do. What what morally is the right thing to do and what morally is the wrong thing to do in, in a given situation. Well, and I would and I would argue that we're still we're we're not changing the foundation. We're remodeling the house. Yes. You know, we're 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 not changing we're not changing anything that we are measuring it against. We're we're tearing down the the old out of date out of style 
way that we had created our house upon which, you know, it, it's still built on this foundational objective moral truth. I mean, we could even go back to early 19, or late 1800s where nobody had a problem with killing an Indian. Uh, objectively, they had no, I mean, get rid of them. We're going to push them. We're going to go slaughter all the Indians out there. We're going to have Wally's Wars with them. Yeah, they're the savages. They're the savages. We need to get rid of them. Everybody was on board with that. Nobody disagreed with it. If we did something like that now, I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck did these people do to deserve this? Well, yeah, and and we've learned that We've learned that that's wrong, and and we have a disagreement with with our ancestors about how they thought about things, but they still had a foundation that they based those thoughts on. Yeah, right. And, and, and their have, thoughts then are not the have, same as our thoughts now. And we have the same foundation, but a better understanding of the architecture of the architecture and the things that will make our home more sustainable. Yeah. But we've we still have that, but we still have that basic foundation for it, and that basic foundation is the objective moral yeah. truth of something. We've 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 mm-hmm. reinforced the structure. We've added more rooms. We've yeah improved upon we're it. We're using we're using steel framing instead of wood framing. Yeah, we don't know, go backwards in our our thought. Yeah. We only go forward. Yeah. But that's not to say that I mean, even though we might think something was objectively immoral now. I I think, you know, in the past, they might not have thought this. I mean, they didn't have that thought. They didn't think, well, what I'm doing is wrong. Sure, but it doesn't negate the fact it that there was still a foundation there. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. it's not objective. If they, they still had them. things they thought were wrong. Like, yeah. morally, this is wrong. They based, just hadn't based added on that their, to it. Based on their flawed subjective understanding yes. of the foundation. And that's why I can't go with saying that morality is objective, because it changes. You add to it. It, it's, well, it's, it molds. If, if it was objective, it couldn't do that that's the problem right so objectivity necessarily means one solid thing never changing never moving always right or wrong right and subjectivity is are the waves that come and go in between based on bits. based on society um race um ethnic where you're raised you know when you're raised all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. and so trying to Trying to suss out all of those waves of quote morality throughout time and well, and I'm not saying that morality never changes. I'm not saying that our views of specific actions never. But the change. View, views don't matter. That's I'm that's saying part that of the, the I'm saying that the basis on which we view whether something is moral or not has a foundation. It has a base. It has something that, that we measure it moral. against. Yes, right. But is is that base that we compare subjectivity or, against? Is that the object of morality? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say that it's. I would say that it's not that our that the base changes. It's that our understanding of what the base is changes. Mm. We do have. So I, that, how, that, that's how why I you, said situational because we have things that, like I said, we, we could definitely say are objectively yeah if, immoral if we, if we or if, objectively moral. So you know, how do if you we go make about, the house analogy and we say that the foundation, the foundation upon which we build our home, is objective morality, and we start out by. You know, by finding this foundation to build our home, and we initially build our home from straw and mud. Mm-hmm. We later find out that straw and mud is are you know fairly yep. temporary. Yep. We need to are, are fairly temporary gotcha. inadequate yeah. building materials. So we change that with the technology and our understanding at the time, and we build upon our solid, unchanging foundation with wood and shingles and siding. And then later we we determine, you know, we invent steel. It doesn't mean that we change the foundation. We change the structure that is built on that foundation. So what mechanism then do you go about 
determining that these what, whatever what whatever elements of morality are objective that that those are the foundational things. I think we may still be finding those out. I don't know that we've found them. Okay. But I can't say that you can argue that they don't exist. That's why that's why I said situation well, based I, on I, any I, given situation you get to judge the morality based on that situation the information given. Yeah, I don't know I don't know that I'm saying that they don't exist. I'm just I'm just saying that I'm not sure uh which side I fall on because I'm not I'm not totally convinced that objectivity well, and I would even argue that yeah, that know, you can man. say um, I would even argue, and and I'm I've kind of been swayed to say that there is such a thing as objective morality, mm-hmm. but I don't think that you can argue that objective morality is more important than subjective morality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we base our lives and everything sure. around us on our subjective understanding of and, the world and, around us. And beliefs, yeah. It doesn't mean that there's no such thing as an objective moral right. truth. It just means that our understanding is constantly changing and evolving and mm-hmm. we have to go with we have to we have to do what we think is best based on the knowledge that we have at the time. Okay, so if which if, is our subjective understanding. Yep. If and I'm understanding I, you then, what you're saying is we may not know what those objective Truths are according to you know about morality, but there are some, and we're continuing to figure out what those are or may be. Yeah, I think and, so. And, and as we go, it's sort of kind of this. Yeah, this I mean, up it's, and down as we we get closer sometimes on some areas. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would, and you know, I would, I would all say right. that the world becomes more and more moral all the time. At least in in developed first world countries, we yeah. become more and more moral. Right, yeah. as our understanding yeah. of different things comes That's kind of a goal along. of a society. Right. So, so how do you know then that those areas in which we're talking about, and I assume what you mean is like giving women the right to vote and have a say in things and, and interracial marriage and – Equality. And marriage equality all across the board. Well, right? all of the things that we subject equality understand to be good. Right, right yeah. all of those kinds of things. How do, you, how do you know then that those are moving toward an objective moral good? That, I guess that's my question because I'm not sure how you establish where the end line is if we don't know what those things are. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question, and I, 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 I would say that we can measure line. those based on based on a variety of different factors. We can we can look at the health and happiness of the mm-hmm. of the population as a mm-hmm. whole. We can look at you know the participation of so this the actually populace gets back whole. to do help don't hurt kind right. of kind right. of thing. right and and I would say that hmm. you know like I said I I, I I think that there is such a thing as objective morality, but I think that hmm. our current understanding of it is is to be so minuscule and and diminished that it basically becomes uh, non important. It it doesn't really matter because we're still operating on our subjective understanding of these objective truths, okay. right? So it it doesn't it becomes not obsolete because then we would have to under we would have to have an understanding to say that we're moving past it but we don't we don't even have that foundational understanding of so many of these things that they're that they're irrelevant that's that's what the word i was looking for no. is that they're you know there there may be an objective truth but that objective truth at this point in time is fairly irrelevant because we're still operating on our subjective understanding of everything so you're saying then that the Decalogue is absolute and we can't understand the mind of God, <laughs> I think is what I'm hearing. No, but, but that's to, not what I'm but saying. But to be fair, everything we just said could also be used in that argument. And they, 
I mean, well, no, 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 not everything. But I'm just saying. I think, I'm you, just could, saying, I think you could make an attempt to use it in that argument. That, but that wasn't even my yeah. point. I was, I was trying to just light, make a joke <laughs> and lighten it up. But uh, do you guys get what I'm saying? I, though? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I do actually. That I think that there are absolute objective moral truths, but they're fairly irrelevant because we don't operate on those because we don't have a right. clear understanding of most of because them. Because people behave based on their beliefs and not yeah. based yeah, on... Yeah, and, uh, and their subjective understanding yeah. of what right. is moral and good and true. Right. And collectively, uh, our subjective understanding of those truths is getting closer and closer, at least from our observation, to the objective... That would be the ultimate yes. goal. Yeah. Truth, which is the, yeah, which is yeah. the goal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Is is there then is there then a point we can peak? I think I think that eventually, possibly, sure we we could, but religion keeps getting in the way. <laughs> well, I'm just saying let's let's assume for a second though that um, let's say we continue this trend of ups and downs, but the ov- but the overall trajectory is closer to objective, kind of like climate change. Sure. <laughs> right. Keeps the, the scale keeps going up, but there are dips in it. Yeah. Right. It keeps as a gradual incline in that in that graph. Right. Yeah. But but the trend is but the mean going trend up. Is, is upward. Right. And yeah. so if we assume that objective morality is upward, uh, I, I'm in, I'm picturing it as like a flat line. These things are true. That yeah, would I mean, be the do, religious do guys, side. Do of you guys it. understand what I think you have? A, I think you have a basic yeah. understanding of what I'm trying to say. Right. No, nah, we're fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, I'm just I, looking I think, for. I think we've had an, a pretty intelligent conversation. Well, about no, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I just, I just want to make sure that I've, I've made myself as clear as possible. Well, that's, that's why I'm asking questions still. Yeah. I just want to make sure because the way I'm picturing it is, is from what you're saying is that there's, there's, it almost seems like there's. I'm gesturing with my hand here, but I'm just saying there's like a flat line, a plateau. At, yeah. Okay. A plat. Well. A zero value. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and subjectively, right, we ebb and flow, right? We're going up and down. But the sure. overall trajectory, as far as we can tell, based on our subjective opinions of the subjective morality that we've been using, is going up toward that objective plane. Yes. Um. So what happens when, when our subjective morality collides with that objective plane? It, it, I mean, is there no room for improvement at that point? I mean, does humanity just become objectively morally perfect? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that there would be any room for improvement. I mean, we're we're kind of talking about Kurzweil's uh, view of well, the singularity almost at that point, right? Yeah. Where where we can determine based on all of the available information throughout history at the touch of our fingertips in a nanosecond what the correct moral choice would be. All right. But, but I, I think we can use Dan's argument here to basically go and prove that the Bible is not our moral standing. <laughs> <laughs> because if you take that, if if the Bible was the moral absolute truth, you would have a straight line. Because right, morality is given to you, boom, there's no change in morality. Yep. But instead we learn, we progress. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say that if so, we are more ma- morale than the objective moral. moral perfection is a straight line that's yet ahead of us. Then the Bible is a stagnant. Sub- subjective stagnant. It's uh, a stumbling block along the road to yeah that, that to that's 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 light, all those all those years dips. behind where we yeah. are. Yeah, all those dips today, you talk about so. is going back towards the Bible. 
All the dips are, yeah, but but they're still all they're, the dips are related to the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's sucking it's sucking back down towards that Bible. The Bible's trying to grab back on you. Go and get back down here to you. Yeah, but even the lowest dips today are are light years ahead of what the Bible preaches. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's not even that's not even that a was question. the first dip. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Moses. That was, God, that's Yahweh. the lowest dip. Next Jesus dip was, was the first dip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first dip. <laughs> Even though he couldn't swim, even though, yeah, it's just. I was thinking of trying to make a joke that way. He couldn't swim because he could walk on water, or yeah. he couldn't swim because he had holes in his hands. Come Ooh. on, Jesus, the morality water's fine. <laughs> nice. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Does it? Yeah, we we got a we got a pretty good one yeah, here. Two hours and one. forty minutes. Oh, yeah, wow. that's a long one. Well, so. All right, I didn't think we were going to run that long tonight. And yeah, we we did. I know. We got on morality. We got hooked on morality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good talk. I think so. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dan. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Your your guys's presence is my present tonight. I Aww. I fucking love this show, man. Brian didn't I, bring I you a present. This. I know. I was thinking about buying you, a, getting you a bottle of booze, <laughs> and I'm like, where's he gonna put it? Yeah, <laughs> his liquor cabinet it's is so full. full. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I fucking love doing the show every week, man. I really really look forward to it. It is every fun. Week. It is fun. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Till next hell. time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>